0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Well, how about that for a weekend of sports? That weekend went just about as well as Jazz fans could have hoped. Started Friday night with the Jazz and the Nuggets. That was an intense game right from the get-go. I think the 40-point first quarters were a little out of control, and they uh, they made Quinn Snyder a little nervous. But the Jazz defensively limited to Denver to fewer points in every quarter than they did the previous quarter. You know, they had the 40 point first quarter, brought it down in the second, brought it down in the third. And by the fourth quarter, it's like a 20 point quarter. They basically cut them in half. And the Jazz come back and get the win 127 to 120. The 77 points in the first half was just way too many, off the charts, way too high. But to hold the Nuggets to 47 points in the second half, that was impressive. Uh, there were so many cool things about the game. Boyan Bogdanovich, his career-high 48 points. The up-and-under move, I think it was in the third quarter, was something. Um, Spinning the ball up high, and it kisses the glass, and English takes it in. That was a pretty hoop. He was hot right from the start. Hit the big three in the fourth quarter, which was really timely. They really needed it. And uh, set his career high, so there was that. Defensively, though, signature play. Jokic into the paint. The presumptive MVP for a hook shot, which is the hardest shot to block, and Rudy goes up and gets it just as it's getting ready to leave his hand. That was impressive. And the Jazz went down to the other end and hit a three. I don't know if it was Niang or Clarkson, somebody hit it. But anyway, the Jazz, that was, that was a great win. So they beat the Nuggets. The team knocked them out of the playoffs. They have won two out of three head-to-head with the Nuggets this year. If the Nuggets end up being the fourth seed and if they end up meeting in the second round – then, uh, you know, it's a little bit of confidence to go off of. You You beat them, and you didn't have Donovan Mitchell, and you didn't have Mike Conley, and you still got the win. Obviously, Joe Ingles continues to play well. A lot of guys are playing well right now, and that's why they're able to win without Conley and without Mitchell. Um, they backed it up Saturday. They got the win. You knew it couldn't be as crisp. There was too much emotion. There was bound to be a little bit of a hangover. Uh, but they got through it, so it didn't matter. So they won. They got their wins back-to-back and took care of business. And they go into Sunday a a game-and-a-half up on the Suns, and the Suns lose to the Lakers. Amazing. Never expected it to happen. Really expected that the Suns were going to win that game convincingly when I saw Kuzma was out. LeBron was already out. Dennis Schroeder's out. Now, Kuzma, you're down three starters. You're down your star player. And the Lakers started fast and had an early lead and never let up. Uh, They're up by 21 going into the fourth quarter, and Phoenix did make a run, and they got it down to single digits, but they couldn't take the lead. Lakers hold them off. Lakers get the win. AD was huge, 42 points. He was uh, trying to post up like 20 feet from the hoop and just spun out of it and got an alley-oop early in the game. and After that, and he was on his way, and he just kept hitting shots. Threes, inside, tip-ins, uh, easy you know, bunnies inside of two feet, and uh, – a lot of free throws and AD carried him. He had a he had a big game. I thought Caruso played pretty well. He didn't get to see the whole game because they're in for target sports, but the portions I saw, I thought he was good. And uh, man, you gotta give it to the Lakers. Catavius called Will Pope hit some shots for him. The Lakers beat the Suns. And do the Jazz a huge favor. Whether you wanted it or not, Jazz fans. I know you love to hate the Lakers. The freaking Lakers. I hate the freaking Lakers, Locke said. And, uh, you know, Laker fans are certainly annoying getting all geared up and coming to the arena. That always does it. Whenever a fan base is on the road and shows up in real numbers, it's annoying. Growing up in San Diego, BYU fans got under everybody's skin. Moved here, found out BYU was getting under everybody's skin all around the conference. They won all the time. The fans show up. They cheer and celebrate in your building. Yeah, you hate that. You hate that. And fans hate it when the Lakers do it. They certainly hate it here, and I'm sure they hate it in Portland and Phoenix. And I worked in Sacramento, and I know they loathe the Lakers there. But for one night, you had to root for them. It was best for the Jazz. And so, sure enough, they get the win, and it does all kinds of things to the playoff race. First, the obvious. The Suns are now two games back with four to go. They've got the tiebreaker, but any combination of three Jazz wins... And Suns losses, and the Jazz are the one seed and have the best record in the NBA. Jazz just have to win three out of four. And if the Suns stumble again, the Jazz only have to go two and two. And when you've got the Thunder and the Kings at the end of the schedule, boy, that ought to be two wins right there. You need to beat those teams. Uh, Warriors tonight in Golden State, and the Jazz have uh, won, um, let's see, I've forgotten. I I looked this up last night for Talking Sports. Uh, They beat the Warriors twice this year. Uh, they got the Warriors twice. That was it. And then they play—no, um, excuse me. They split with the Warriors. I'll get it right. They split with the Warriors. They beat them early in the year when they were playing well as part of their 11-game win streak. And then they lost to them uh, right after the All-Star break to kick off a five-game road trip. Uh, and that's that stretch where the Jazz went 5-5 five and five over 10 games. They played 9 out of 10 on the road going into the break and coming out. And they lost there. Uh, so— and the Warriors are a team the Jazz could see as a one seed. The Warriors could be the eight. Right now they're sitting in the eighth spot. Obviously they'll have a chance to play their way either up or down in the play-in tournament, which it looks like they'll be part of for sure. Um, and so then the Jazz get the uh, the Blazers, that so they've blown out twice, and that'll be the final regular season home game. That's on, uh, on Wednesday night. So Jazz ought to be the one seed now. I mean, the path is clear. The road is obvious. they got to win three out of four. And that really means they got to split these next two, and then they got to beat the two teams that have already been eliminated from the playoff race. Those, those are clearly must-win games. And if the Jazz could just keep this win streak going and wrap it up Friday, well, all the better, right? All the better. Um, so the other thing the Lakers win does is, it, theoretically, the Lakers still have a chance to get to six. And Portland has a difficult schedule, so do the Lakers, and the Lakers don't win the tiebreaker. Um, Portland does, should beat Houston tonight. After that, they have uh, difficult games. They play, the, um, they play the Jazz, they play the Suns, and they play the Denver Nuggets. That's a rough schedule for Portland down the stretch. I still think Dallas will be 5, Portland 6, Lakers 7. And then if the Warriors stay in the 8th spot, they're only half game in front of Memphis, you get Lakers-Warriors, winner gets 7. I don't think the Jazz are going to end up playing Lakers in the first round. I would think the Lakers want, and I'm assuming that LeBron is healthy. Um, I would assume that LeBron would want to win and not mess around with uh, another game that could get you eliminated from the playoffs. So, and you never know, though. Steph Curry could go crazy, and despite LeBron's best efforts. And, you know, it may be tough for the uh, the Lakers to get everybody on the same page, in rhythm, uh, when guys have been out so long. So it's, uh, it's right there for the taking and for the Jazz, the top spot, and then we'll see who gets eight. The eighth-place team... Uh, can literally be any of the four playing teams. <laughs> so, it could be the Blazers if they slip. It could be the Lakers. It could be the Warriors, the Grizzlies, or the Spurs. We got a week to go, and there's still five teams it could be. But home court, best record. It's all there for the taking for the Jazz. If they win out. They will have, by, by win percentage, they will have the third-best record in franchise history. The 97 team that won 64 games has the best record, and the 98 team that won 62 second-best. And then it would be this team. It's going to be close between this and the 99, another shortened season, though when they only played 50 games because they had a labor labor uh, issues, had a lockout. Um, These would be the third and fourth-best teams in Jazz history. But uh, this Jazz team, man, just just crushing it down the stretch. Just... Putting, that, that Denver win, that was something. That was the way to kick off the weekend. That was a really good win. thought they played a really high level of basketball there. So, good weekend. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the, uh, you know, there's a theory out there that the bubble um, had a big impact on this season. Even though it was last season, the short turnaround, the four teams that got to conference finals have all had struggles and injuries no team stories are the same, but none of them are good, right? Denver lost Jamal Murray. Uh, The Lakers haven't had an injury that bad, but they lost AD for a long time. Now they're missing LeBron. Uh, Certainly Miami uh, has had its issues. It just goes on and on. So uh, we'll get to that next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Ben Golliver from the Washington Post joined us Friday. He's got a book out all about the bubble. He lived in the bubble. He lived it. Um, you know, what the NBA did to make that season happen and what they learned, how it's impacted this season. Here's Ben Goliver with PK and I on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ, PK, and Ben Goliver joining us, national NBA writer for the Washington Post and author of Bubble Ball. Ben, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. So I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. You're writing a book very quickly after something happened, and sometimes you want more perspective than that, but then I guess there's the advantage of fresh details. There was a lot of reporting on this at the time. Given a few more weeks and a few more months to dig stuff up, are you able to tell us stuff that we didn't know, stuff that's come to light
2: Well, I was in the bubble for 93 days, and so I wanted to take you in there with me. So this isn't about going to try to find some alternate source of everything. I mean, I want to take you right there. And so for me, it was an all-in experience. Um, It was incredibly challenging, and I think it was covered thoroughly and rightfully so. But I think you'll be amazed as you're looking back how many of the things slipped between the cracks. And this isn't just really a basketball story. I mean, it's a public health story. I mean, it's an NBA history story. I think it's also a social justice and political story, and then uh, on top of all of that, you have the business story where the NBA is, you know, facing you know, potential billions in losses and trying to fill in the gaps. And so, I think there's a lot going on. For me, this is kind of my memoir from the shutdown until the championship uh, celebration when LeBron sprayed me with champagne. And there's an awful lot in there, and I think there's a bunch of stuff that people haven't heard.
3: So there was a lot of things that went on last year inside the bubble. And at that point, sports, we'd had some sports, golf, baseball was about to start up. How was how important was it just for uh, the progression of the country that the bubble actually came off the way it did?
2: I think it was a major turning point. Look, we were all coming out of the pandemic at that point, or I guess two or three months into it, thinking like, will this thing ever end? Our government body is going to be loosening things up? You know, what's the right way for businesses to get back to work and bring employees back? I mean, These were major ethical questions and we kind of needed some hope for, for the sporting environment to be like, Hey, we're not going to just be shut down here for a year. I mean, I remember going in the bubble thinking, you know, if this doesn't work, it could be what, you know, six months, nine months, 12 months for this uh, thing shakes out. So I guess for me, when I look back on it, uh, it's remarkable how well it worked. The rules were so strict. We had four levels of security out there. We had to wear proximity alarms around our necks to make sure that we weren't too close to each other. We had electronic, uh, you know, bracelets essentially to get into our rooms that tracked us around the campus. I mean, all sorts of different things to make sure that the rules were upheld. Of course, we had to wear masks the entire time we were there. And I think if you put all those things together together, It made for a strict environment, and it made for a stable environment from a basketball standpoint, and that's really what mattered. They were able to play the games, crown a champion, and I think that was really the legacy of the bubble was the the great success of having these incredible players on the court uh, playing steady, fascinating basketball, including Utah Jazz versus Denver Nuggets in an unforgettable first-round series. I mean, to me, those are the things that I look back on, and I, I point to the rules and say the rules made those things happen.
0: So unique problems brought on unique solutions, but how many of them were a one-time deal? And how many things that happened in the bubble does the NBA embrace going forward and we see embedded in the game, you know, five years down the road?
2: Well, yeah, I think the solutions were so thorough. In some cases, they turned people off, right? I mean, the life was so hard there in the bubble in terms of just what we were dealing with on a daily basis, kind of the big brother aspect and then also the isolation aspect. Now, when it came time to choose for this season, you know, they went the other way on a lot of these things, right? They didn't want people to go back to a bubble. You know, three months was plenty for all the players. And also from a financial standpoint, I think the owner said, look, like, it was great that we were able to put these games on television, but there's a lot of other revenue streams out there, you know, potentially fans and stands, even if it's at a, a smaller number, trying to get the revenue, the um, you know, the memorabilia numbers back up if you're bringing people into your building. And so there, there was a real push, I think, to um, – almost treat the bubble as a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience if they could. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to that. I mean, in the bubble, we had very stable gameplay. The lineups, you know, you saw guys out there almost every single night. Um, and, and the challenging part was, okay, well, you're away from your family and your kids. I think on the flip side, um, this season, we've seen total instability, especially in, in January where we have lots of positive tests. You have guys in and out of the lineups. You have these contact tracing absences where guys are missing teams, but uh, are, sorry, missing games, but they're not even necessarily sick. And, you know, it kind of creates this disrupted schedule. Um, you know, I think that ultimately as we get through this vaccine process, you know, the NBA strategy here of not going back to a bubble, it looks okay because, you know, we've had way fewer positive tests over the last month and a half. As you're heading into the playoffs, you're seeing guys uh, get back healthy on the court and, you know, uh, have more time with each other, kind of build up chemistry and camaraderie on the court. And so I think, you know, it's going to kind of be a best of of both worlds where you're able to have the players out there most of the time and you're able to have fans and stands. That's kind of what people would want. But I don't think there was a lot of motivation to do it again. I think it was so hard and so many sacrifices from all the different parties that nobody necessarily wanted, uh, you know, kind of a bubble part two.
3: You think the basketball itself was better?
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think the quality of play this year has been way low uh, compared to the bubble in part because of the – the injury absences and the, the health and safety absences, and also the travel. Look, that was the best part about the bubble was I didn't have to go anywhere. Look, I went to every single playoff game from the second round on. I didn't miss a single one because they were all in the same place. I could get to them really easily. The referees loved the no travel. The players loved the no travel. Um, you know, even if you're in a situation where, just like you're down two zero, right, and like you've got to have that long flight to the other city because you got to think about it. I mean, that didn't exist you know, within a playoff series, you could kind of just refocus after every game. And so, um, you know, to me, I think that made for a much steadier product. The shooters got adjusted to these gyms. Um, You know, you saw, you know, some really incredible scoring performances, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jamal Murray, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler with the Miami Heat, Anthony Davis. I mean, some of these guys got into incredible grooves in the postseason. And I attribute that to just the, the single site location. I mean, I came away from it hoping like someday in the distant future, they kind of do what the Super Bowl does and go to one really fun market and just stay there for a couple of weeks and have like a, a two week long party where you've got this, uh, this single site NBA finals. You know, maybe it's London, maybe it's Miami, whatever it might be. And, and and kind of turn that into a celebration of the sport. I'm not sure they're ever going to do it. But, you know, for this one time experiment, it worked out great.
0: So one playoff, uh, one season of playoffs can kind of inform the next. The Lakers are the defending champs, courtesy of the bubble. Uh, When you look at this year, whether it's – there's so many health questions going in this playoff, but how do you look at this playoffs based on what you saw a year ago? Jamal Murray's hurt, so he won't do those 50-point games. Is Donovan Mitchell likely to with his uh, confidence that he got from last year's playoffs? What do you think?
2: Well, I look at this season kind of as the bubble hangover, right? I mean, you look at all the teams that went deep, whether it's the Lakers, the Heat, the Celtics, the Nuggets. I mean, all those teams have had some challenges this year as they pull themselves together, either from a health standpoint or from just a a fatigue and overloaded work standpoint. And so what I think that does, it opens up the field wide. Now, usually I would say, hey, there's three or four teams in a given year that have a chance to win the title. I think this year it's up to, like, eight or nine. I mean, this is one of the most wide-open years I can remember. Now, that may narrow if some of these stars come back and and they're completely healthy, right? You look at a guy like James Harden. He's a massive X factor in that Eastern Conference. If he's back and fully healthy, the whole landscape uh, changes. But I think that's really the story heading into these playoffs. It's kind of anybody's bet. You've got a bunch of new blood, whether it's the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns. You can go right down the list of these teams that are going to be in the mix and that maybe weren't true title contenders in years past, I think that's going to make it more fun, more entertaining, more exciting, and certainly it's more unpredictable. I mean, this is the the hardest year to pick a champion we've had in a while.
3: How about to pick an MVP? Is it Jokic in your mind?
2: Yeah, that one's done. I mean, that's that's open and shut as easy as it gets. I mean, he's earned it from the consistency factor, and it's just been complete brilliance. He's been so good I think we actually have to open it up and ask, you know, is he in the conversation as just like best basketball player period, right? And that title is going to be open here because of LeBron's injury and and just him missing time this year. That title's been LeBron's for an awful long time. Guys like Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, Steph Curry, they're always kind of in the mix to to wear the crown to sit on the throne, but I actually think Jokic deserves some love too. He is so good at making his teammates better putting them in position to succeed. He's become an unbelievable scoring threat, even though he's kind of a pass-first player. He's got that beautiful jump shot, turnaround, um, you know, silky shot. He can step out and hit the three-pointer now. He's got every post move you could possibly want, and he's the best passing center ever. I mean, you know, period. And I think that he's moved past guys like Arvita Sabonis and Bill Walton in terms of the types of passes he can make, how he can read defenses, and how he can bring the ball up the court. I think it's open and shut for him for MVP, and I think he's even potentially headed for bigger things. What I love about him, he's super clutch. Like, you get him into the playoffs, he takes his game up a notch. He doesn't shrink from the moment. We saw that last year against the Clippers in the second round, and, you know, I'm expecting that to see that again this year. You know, if they face the Lakers, say, in the first round and the, the Lakers are all banged up, I, I would not count out Jokic. Just because Murray's injured, you know, don't don't say, oh, that team is done. I mean, they've still got a lot of talent left, and it starts with the big guy.
0: So last thing before we let you go, the question in every market is, can our team do it? Can they win it all in what you just labeled this wide-open season? Can the Jazz do it? And if not, who takes them down?
2: Of course they can do it, yes. I mean, you look at uh, their resume this year. I mean, they've been not only best record but most dominant. You, know, you look at the point differential stuff, which is often an indicator of which teams are going to go deep in the playoffs in terms of how much are you winning each game by and they have been, you know, smoking everybody in, the, in that statistic, and you know they've had a number of big-time double-digit victories, blowout wins, and again, that just speaks to the, the ceiling on their offense. It's been unbelievable to watch them move the ball, hit the three-point shot, play unselfishly, and play disciplined. It reminds me a little bit of the 2014 Spurs, and you know, I, I think that's uh, you know probably their model, their hope is that they're going to be a team that kind of uh, is one of those you know five fingers makes a fist type teams where they're. They're, uh, you know, they're better than the sum of their parts. Um, but a lot of teams are going to be able to, you know, go heads up against them. Look, the Lakers and Clippers have positional matchups with the the forward positions. I know the Jazz have had dogfights with the Sun, seems like every time they play this year. So I don't think it's going to be anyone coasting through this Western Conference. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. But the Jazz have to be in the mix. And if the Lakers aren't healthy, you could even potentially talk me into saying, you know, the Jazz are the favorites to come out of the West and, Right now, the clock is ticking big time on LeBron and Anthony Davis in terms of getting them healthy and up to speed. And so, you know, if, if the Jazz aren't the favorites to me in the West, they're right there.
0: Ben, we appreciate the time. Good luck with the book. Author of Bubble Ball, National NBA writer for the Washington Post, Ben Golliver, joining us. Thanks, Ben. All right, Thank you. This is Ben Goliver from the Washington Post. He's got his new book out on uh, life in the bubble. So if you're hardcore NBA fan, something you might want to check out. When we come back, for all you hardcore jazz fans, the best of the postgame show. As the Jazz pick up another win Saturday night, big win. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Jazz pick up wins Friday and Saturday. Great weekend for the Jazz. And what they didn't know is they did the best of the postgame show Saturday night was that the Suns were going to lose the Lakers Sunday. So the Jazz go into the final week of the season with a two-game lead with four games to go. They don't have the tiebreaker, but if they go 4-0 or 3-1, they won't need it. So... The path has been cleared for the Jazz after the Suns lost to the Lakers. All right, Jazz win Saturday. Let's get to the best of the postgame show.
4: It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz beat the Rockets on Saturday 124-116. to The Jazz have now won 50 games on the season, and they've ensured themselves a top-two seed in the Western Conference. The Jazz were led by George Yang, who tied his career high with 24 points. Jordan Clarkson had 21 coming in off the bench. Boyan Bogdanovich had uh, 20 points in the win as well. Let's get some post-game sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder.
5: We'll go with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
6: It seemed like there were kind of long stretches where the offense wasn't as precise as maybe you want it to be, and... The transition defense was not executing. Um, obviously, you, you weren't really ever in a ton of danger, but how do you feel about kind of the execution overall tonight?
7: Well, you know, we knew tonight was going to be, you know, the type of the game as it was where that um, they're going to run and they're going to play hard. And, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of things that I think were true. Um, but I think we also, you know, I, I, I like that we dug in, particularly at the beginning of the game and the beginning of the third quarter. And then, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's emotional, it's mental, and it's physical. And, you know, I think it'll be good for us. This is our last back-to-back. Um, you know, when a team is, you know, playing as small as they are and they're athletic and they're switching one through five, picking ball, I thought it was a, you know, opportunity for us to get better against playing against that defense. And um, that can make you stagnant, um, particularly if you're not running. And to the extent that when we got to continue to get out and transition, um, you know, that's our – that can be our best offense, you know. But I think I said the third quarter, giving up a 23-point quarter was, I don't know, out of, out of halftime, you know, I, I thought that was really good. And then we just would – you know, you'd – you get a lead, you, you let up a little bit and it's human nature. Um, But I thought we did a really good job fighting it, particularly on the heels of a really emotional game last night.
5: Next up, Tony Jones, the athletic.
8: Wanted to, uh, to ask you about that switching defense. Um, You know, you said it was a a good chance to, to play against, uh, to play against that. I mean, is it even a better chance to play against that when you don't have Mike and you don't have Donovan, who are two of your more dynamic isolation guys and to kind of force uh, some guys who wouldn't normally be in that position to kind of step out of their comfort zone off the dribble a little bit?
7: Um, yes, and also, you know, I, I think if someone, first of all, we, we've seen we've seen one through five black you know, a lot this year, um, you know, usually not with a team. As I said, it's as small and as quick as they are. Um, but actually, you know, I mentioned the transition defense. It, the thing that, that people want is for you to fall into isolation. And, you know, if you feel like you have a matchup, um, it, it's isolation in the sense that um, you can create. And it doesn't always mean you're, you're creating a shot for yourself. And, you know, that, that's one of the things we've been able to do. And if you run, um, you know, we talk about attacking, switching, um, by attacking initially, you know, and then there's an after action. But the initial action is where, you know, I, I thought that we got better during the course of the game. And, you know, it's hard to roll, you know, if, if, if it's that physical, you know, and, and that's something, you know, that, that impacts um, the game, you know, and our, our bigs being able to roll and roll cleanly um, or roll quickly, and, you know, there's things we can do against that. But oftentimes when the game's like that, um, you just got to move it. And if you move it side to side, you get a chance to, to drive closeouts. And in isolation, if you, you go by somebody, there's a good chance, you know, because they're shifted so much, you're going to get, you know, another opportunity. I thought George did a really good job of that tonight, you know, being ready to shoot. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of little things in that. I mean, I think every time we used a ball fake, um, we got something good. Every time we, you know, just fundamental stuff when we pivot in the lane, we we're able to find people. So, um, yes, you know, Donovan and Mike, you know, their quickness and ability to get by is, you know, obviously really important to us. Um, but I think, you know, we all um, can understand how we want to attack that defense, too. And you don't, you know, you don't get to do that unless you see it. So, our ability to recognize, you know, switching, blitzing, bigs that are dropped at the rim teams that are pulling in from the three-point line, teams that are staying with shooters, all that in the half court is negated if we're able to run.
5: Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
7: Quinn, you mentioned
9: it is the last back-to-back for your team. How fatigued do you think you guys are right now? And, uh, you know, to what extent did the additional, uh, I guess,
6: effort given by Joe Engel's bogey without Donovan and Mike kind of add to that?
7: Well, you know, Bogey being as aggressive, you know, as he's been, you know, obviously coming off last night. And, you know, I thought, you know, Trent's – Trent hasn't been with us long. He's a rookie. You know, he's absorbing minutes. And, you know, in Joe's case, you know, we, we've tried to manage it. Um, but it's it's towards the end of the year when I think, you know, fatigue is real. Um, but, again, it's it's the nature of of this season – and, you know, we'll do as good a job as we can trying to get rest and, you know, take opportunities when, when we can. I, like I said, I think, you know, I think it's also emotional and mental. And when you get fatigued, you, you know, you fight, fight all that stuff. So good opportunity for us to, you know, get the back-to-backs behind us right now. And, you know, we also will have, you know, a good chance to, I think, um, recuperate before – you know, we get into the playoffs, you know, we've qualified and all that, as everyone knows. So the way the playoff format is out this year, we also have a chance to hopefully get fresh.
4: There's jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His team comes away with their 50th win on the season. Uh, 124 to 116 over the Houston Rockets. So let's now hear from the players. Uh, let's now hear from George, uh, excuse me, Joe Ingles.
5: All right, we'll go ahead and get started here. We'll start with Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
9: Joe, that was the last back-to-back of the season. Kind of, how fatigued are you feeling right
1: now? Uh,
9: I'm not too bad.
10: Um, obviously, we've the, the a few of us have played a little bit more. Um, obviously, with with start with the guy, the Donovan and, and Mike out. So, um, no, not not too bad. Um, Would have been nice to keep the lead for a bit longer and um, get out a little earlier. Um, but they're, they're a team that, that plays extremely hard for 48 minutes and um, we gave up some – I gave up some some turnovers at the end there. But, um, yeah, no, not not too bad. I mean, we've – I don't even know how many we've got left, but only a few left here. And um, we just want to obviously keep getting better, um, keep playing the way we want to play, heading into to the playoffs now.
5: Next up, Matthew Coles, AP.
6: How important was it for you to get George's Offense tonight. He was uh, good on some of those bully ball, and then also on the threes.
10: If you want my honest opinion, I didn't think about George one time heading into the game. Um, I mean he he plays the right way, regardless of like if he's starting or playing his regular role in um, coming off the bench. Um, I think this this last week or two, whatever it's been, obviously. I mean, he's always confident. I don't want to say he's not confident, but just, just being out there a bit more, um, getting some more opportunity, and he's he's taken advantage of it. So um, it, it makes it easier for myself and JC and Boyan when we're creating when then they don't want to leave George basically wherever he is on the floor. So um, he, he's been making those shots, and then he, he's he got better and better at that uh, that kind of go and catch and then getting on the rim and finishing. So yeah. Um, but honestly, I yeah, I didn't think about him one time. heading. I know, I know he's going to be in the right spot at the right time. Um, I know if I get in the lane and I keep to the corner, he's going to be somewhere in that in that area, and he'll definitely shoot it. So it's uh it's a, it's a good look for us um, when he's out there playing like that with confidence.
5: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
6: So you mentioned that you know there were some it would have been nice to have the lead longer to extend it out a little bit. Um, Some guys wind up playing some extra minutes as a result. How do you feel about the execution overall? Just obviously you guys are on the second night of a back-to-back. Last night was kind of an emotional win. Uh, How much do you worry about those little execution issues on a night like tonight, given those circumstances?
10: Um, I mean, I'm not going to. Disrespect or discredit what they did tonight. Either like they they play like I said they play extremely hard. Obviously they're in a tough position. I think that's seven guys suit up or something, maybe eight. Um, some young guys. Obviously a lot of their main guys were out tonight. Um, like yeah, there's, there's things we can we can do better and fix. But um, uh, part of it too is like I said they, they play they play hard as hell. Um, they're some guys are probably I don't know if they're contracted. They're, they're playing for contracts. They're playing for jobs, and and Coach Silas and, and his group's got them got them playing the right way and playing extremely hard. So um, you can't obviously discredit anything they've done. But um, yeah, I mean it was we had a like you said a, a, a good win last night. Um, I, I think tonight was a, a good win too. We. F- First time in a little time we've played against a, a kind of that real kind of switching where they've just purely switched one through five basically throughout the game. Um, I think we got better as the game went on until those last few minutes where they they hit a few threes. We had a few turnovers. Uh, um, if I'm a bit better with the ball, we probably don't have to worry about. It. You probably wouldn't even have that question to be honest. So, um, yeah, it was it was a good win. They were both two two good wins in a row. Um, again, we'll go on We'll go and watch film, no doubt, and um, and get ready for the next one.
5: All right. Last question from Maxime Lagorge, the free agent out of France. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you explain the different difficulties at the beginning of every game? You you always have troubles in defense at the beginning of the game.
10: Uh, I thought we were really good at it. We're up 15 in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, I thought we started off really well. Um, we executed against their switching defense, um, which we obviously talked and, and planned about. Uh, we probably executed better than we we, we thought we would, but we, we we got a good lead at the start there. And uh, like I said, they 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 play hard. They figured things things out. Um, I mean, they shot fifty something threes last game. I don't know what they shot tonight, but it felt like a lot. Um, and they made a lot uh, I think the th- start of the third quarter we came out the right way <coughs> um and got a bit of a lead and then we we're able to kind of break it open a little bit but um yeah we like i said we've we've just got to keep keep getting better and better as the the year well, as the year kind of winds down now and um get ready recover get ready for the next one and um yeah that's about
4: it. There's Joe Ingles. Joe is typical good sell 14.7 assists and uh, six rebounds as the Jazz come away with a win over the Rockets. Let's now hear from George Niang.
5: Uh, we'll have our first question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
6: Hey, George. So um, tonight was your guys' last back-to-back set of the season. Um, probably wound up having to play maybe a few more minutes than you would have expected, just given, you know, how much the Rockets were able to stay in it. Uh, What's kind of the general fatigue level at right now? And um, how much does that factor into, you know, some of the execution issues that you guys had tonight?
11: Uh, You know, after an emotional night, uh, like last night, you know, these are what we call an NBA trap game. So whenever you can get out of it and win, I think you, you try just to look at the next day, Um, You know, get your rest Um, when you travel, you know, get your recovery. And obviously we have a big game coming up against the Warriors. Um, Obviously you could tell with how we were playing, we were um, fatigued, but you know, we pushed through guys are, you know, working really hard and it's the end of the year. And, but I think at the end of the day, we, we have an end goal in mind. And that's obviously to be number one, not at the end of the season and at the end of the playoffs. And that's our goal.
5: Next up, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. George, we, uh, we see Mike and Don on the sidelines and everything, but I'm just wondering kind of what their mood has been. Obviously, I guess, that they're you know, they wish they could be out there, but what it, have they been in high spirits while they've been out, and what's been the situation?
11: I mean, they're well-rested. They have a lot of energy running around the facility and during games, so their spirits have been great. I mean, you're talking about two of, you know, stand-up guys in the NBA so those guys they they're not like me where you know I'm up down up down they're they're just steady high energy uh you know great vibes um a lot of positive energy and that's what we need and and I think it's been huge and both of them well Mike has done it for a long time but Donovan you know pulls guys to the side when he sees something that you know could help them and help us win out there and those guys have been instrumental you know even though they're on the sideline uh, with helping us win games.
5: All right. Matt Coles, AP is up next.
6: Today you had it going offensively and it looked like uh, you even had a few things to say to the opposition when you hit that last three to get your, uh, to match your career high. What was going on that what was working for you and, and, and what precipitated that technical
11: uh, Matthew. Um, I'm not sure that we know each other great quite yet but you know I'm I'm a a good individual I usually hold my emotions in I just happen to lose my cool that's not who I am or aspire to be Um no I, I mean there had something happen I thought he had brushed me in the face on purpose so I told him that he was too late like he wasn't going to get to my shot anyway and Mark Davis decided that that was uh, worthy of a technical I understand it's a taunting so there's Really um, nothing more that I can say about it because I don't want to get fined again. But um, I think, you know, guys like Joe, Rudy did a great job of manipulating, you know, Houston's ability to switch one through five, whether it was Rudy slipping to the rim or Joe pulling up from three or, or kicking to the weak side corner. Um, it allowed us to get off a ton of threes. And then when they were trying to press out on us when we were shooting threes, we were getting, you know, layups at the rim.
5: All right. Next up, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, George, kind
9: of a two-part question. You said you're fatigued, you're tired. How tired are you? And then kind of where does that affect
6: your game, you know, as a team especially?
11: Um, You know, I I would say we're fatigued, um, but uh, that shouldn't change the outcome, you know, of of what what we're striving for. I think the biggest thing for us is you saw a lot of mental mistakes, right? We turned the ball over. That's not something that we tend to do. And I think sometimes, uh, down the stretch, when we turn the ball over, that's kind of where the fatigue kind of sets in. It's the attention to detail. And, you know, with, I think it's five games left. You, you really, you really got to hone in on that and you can't afford to have too many of those lapses, especially, you know, with our schedule coming up with golden state Portland, you know, and then the last two with a uh, OKC in Sacramento, So that's four games, right? Four. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I didn't get a degree in, in math in college.
5: All right. Last question. Ben Anderson, KSL Sports.
11: Andy
4: did get a math degree, so he's got us all covered. Uh, George, there we go. <laughs> you guys have won the most games of anybody on the second night of back-to-backs now in the NBA. What's the mental toughness? How was that factored into this year? And how has it grown since you've been on the team that's kind of allowed you guys to withstand stuff, especially a crazy season like this?
11: Uh, Ben, uh, you know, last year we put ourselves in a tough position, you know, um, with, I don't want to say being a six seed or, you know, whatever it is. And I think going into this year, we really realized, you know, where were we dropping games and, you know, not having the most focus and losing games where we should win. And I think going into this year is a big emphasis on our defense and, you know, winning the games that we're supposed to win and being in going in and competing at a high level and in those high level games that just like last night. So I think there was an emphasis on, you know, whether it was back to backs or, you know, uh, last games of road trips where, you know, this off season, you know, we get into the little time that we had with OTAs where, you know, you're, you're doing that last sprint and, and coaches are emphasizing, well, this is, you know, when you got to take it to the next level and and win those games, because, you know, now those games end up mattering where you dropped one early in the season to a team you shouldn't have dropped one to, and now it's messing up with seeding. So I think, you know, we really focused on that um, this offseason with, you know, coach really drilling attention to detail, and I think that kind of simplifies it. You know, just having attention to detail, knowing that this is a back-to-back, you know, guys' legs are tired, you know, and getting out to a good start, those things are important.
4: There's George Niang tied his career high with 24 points. Tied his career high with six made threes. He was six of eight from three, nine of 12 from the field. Let's now wrap up player sound with Jordan Clarkson.
5: All right. We'll start with Sarah Todd, Desert News. Hey, Jordan. uh, Since Donovan and Mike have been sidelined, the way that George described it, they've kind of been like a couple of assistant coaches over there on the sideline. Is that how you've experienced and what have they been like?
12: Uh, yeah, definitely a lot of communication, a lot of talking that they've been doing. Um, Don today sat on the bench and, uh, was talking to the invisible team, like he was coach, uh, like drawing them plays. Uh, but no, he's been, all of them, both, both of them just been talking a lot, uh, communicating, um, telling us what they see on the floor, especially with me. Um, you know, coach been having me bring the ball to court sometimes and, you know, I'm kind I'm of kind of um, uh, lost-minded sometimes on what to call and what plays and stuff. So uh, those guys are always there to help and, uh, you know, tell me what they see. So it's, it's been a, a good little experience for them
6: to see how the flow of the game is
12: going too.
5: Eric Weldon, Salt Lake Tribune.
6: Hey, Jordan. So you guys are down to four games less, left in the season. Tonight was the final back-to-back. Um coming off a, you know, tough win last night. How much of what happened tonight, you know, kind of the little miscues and execution, do you attribute just to, you know, fatigue at this point of the season? And, and how much are things that you feel like um, need to be cleaned up a little bit?
12: Um, I mean, like you said, this season period has been tough. You know, a lot of uh, – game, day, game, back-to-back game. You know, we we definitely fatigued, but that's not nothing that we really looked at. You know, we tried to, um, you know, fight through that. After a big win, you know, kind of got a little, like, I don't know if you want to call it a hangover, but you really, like, we put a lot of energy into that game, uh, wanted to win, and then coming in, this is how, you know, sometimes you slip up on games and you lose these sometimes. Um, you see they was in the game with us, a majority of it, uh, we're playing hard and and uh, you know, making shots and, and defending. So um it's definitely something we just had to really uh fight through mentally, um, and just keep pushing and uh doing what we do. Um continue to communicate defensively and you know, that's how we we uh stuck out this win. But, you know, I ain't a lot lie to you, this this season has been uh, grueling and tiring, but it is what it is. We came here to work. Uh, this is what we're doing and uh, you know, we trying to put out wins uh, when we step on the floor.
5: Ben Anderson, KSL Sports.
4: Uh, Jordan, kind of following up on that, you guys get kind of a nice long break with the play-in tournament before the playoffs start. Are you looking forward to that or are you looking forward to the playoffs starting?
12: Uh, I'm looking forward for the playoffs starting, uh, but the break is going to be nice, you know, being able to get your body right, uh, knowing that you got to turn up the intensity, knowing that we got to put more time in, knowing that we got to you know, go to the next level. Um uh, feel like it's a level that, you know, we trying to find and get that identity as a team. You know, we've uh, been at the top all year in the regular season, but uh, I feel like it's another level, another notch that we got to turn it up um, once playoffs come to, to be that championship team that we want to be. Um, and it all starts with, you know, playing with, at that level. Um, you know, winning a championship doesn't start from, um, you know, just – Coming in and saying that we're gonna win a championship. It's gotta you gotta put the extra time in and, and do what you gotta do. I never won one, but I've been to a finals and I know that all those dudes were locked in. Uh they had us all locked in. So um it's
4: another level that we gotta to reach to to get to that point. There's Jordan Clarkson, twenty-one points uh coming in off the bench, eight of eighteen shooting. He had four assists. And three rebounds. Up next for the Utah Jazz, they take on the Golden State Warriors tonight in San Francisco. Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 7.
0: There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. The Jazz wins. The Suns losing. We'll get to all of it next. Stay with us.
1: Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz.
7: What didn't we see from him tonight, you know? I, I thought he he was making great reads. He, he scored a... Really scored every way possible. He got stuff in transition, catch and shoot threes. He scored off the dribble, and even late started blitzing him. He found Rudy a couple times, which which says a lot when you know, you've got it going the way the way he does. It's just being aggressive, and you know I think he's he's in a great place mentally. Where when he receives the ball, like I said, he's making great reads. If he's got daylight, he shoots it. You know, and then he's playing off he's playing off his shot.
0: That's Quinn Snyder and Boyan Bogdanovich going for 48 points Friday night. The Jazz beating the Nuggets Friday, the Rockets Saturday. They're playing the Warriors in San Francisco tonight. That was a good weekend for the Jazz, PK. That Nuggets game had a little playoff feel to it. I know it's regular season, but if you're faking the playoffs in the regular season, I think that's as close as you're gonna get. And that was that was a good win for the Jazz.
3: Couldn't have been better weekend. What a great weekend. The best of the season. Bojan Bogdanovic best role player the Jazz have ever had
0: that one's up on Facebook people are debating it there DJ and PK you can hit it on uh, Twitter as well David DJ James a lot of people weighing in and we will get to that coming up as Bogey puts the Jazz on his back gets 48 helps carry him to a big big win over the Nuggets and not only were the Jazz winning but another key team was losing so let's get to that DJ and PK
1: Hashtag NBA. Except nine to shoot.
3: Bullock, between the rings, Rose. Rose, three over Batum. Is good. Derek Rose drills it. Now Lonzo just checked in. One-on-one with Biombo. Pull up for three. Got it. Right wing down. Well, if Biombo ain't going to go out and guard him, Lonzo says, I got a little something for you here.
6: After replay review, the play is real foul Penalty two for the aggressive strike into the groin area. That's
3: Dodge. what I thought they
1: might get him for. So he's been ejected. Luka is ejected from the game
6: at
8: the 10:07 mark of the third quarter. Right there. We got a chance to see the replay. Before the forearm, he swung that right hand and got him. Bouncing out of crucial, Oh, throw it down, A.D.
0: Exclamation point tonight for the Lake Show. Highlights from the league, and there is the most significant game to Jazz fans, is the Lakers beat the Phoenix Suns 123-110. They got a pretty good lead early in the game, pushed it up over 20 points. Fourth quarter, the Suns made a run, but the Lakers hold on and win it. AD coming up big with 42 and PK. No LeBron, no Kyle Kuzma back spasms, no Dennis Schroeder, obviously, The Lakers, down three key players, and obviously the most important one of them all, but a couple other guys who played pretty pretty big roles, seemed like that one was set up for the Suns, but they never really came that close to winning it at all.
3: No, they did not. And are you happier that the Lakers won because you're petrified of them, or are you happier that the Suns lost because you want the one seed?
0: That is also up ready for debate at our Facebook page DJ and PK how dirty did you feel rooting for the Lakers you never root for the Lakers but all of a sudden it was definitely in the jazz best interest. I it did cross my mind watching the uh, the Lakers just keep pulling away in that game. this is the message to the rest of the league if we're really focused look we don't even have to be healthy. look what we're doing to the team with the second best record in the NBA. A little intimidation there PK.
3: If you, well, you can only let intimidation happen if you want to be intimidated so the Lakers can do whatever they want. But if I feel that I'm better than them, then there's zero intimidation.
0: The Clippers are running third in the West, but they got beat by the Knicks, 106-100. You heard the highlights there. Derrick Rose going for 25 points. So the Jazz are five games up on the Clippers. Mathematically, the Clippers and Nuggets have now disappeared over the horizon. The Jazz have clinched the top two, and they've got a two-game lead over the Suns now with four to go, so if the Jazz win three of the last four, they're the one seed. The way has been cleared, PK. Everybody's getting out of the way. It's there for the taking for the Jazz now. Yeah, they don't have to
3: win three of their last four, but uh, they can still get the one seed, any number of combinations, but that's one
0: of them. You also heard Luka Doncic getting kicked out of the game. That was Aggressive. Yeah, be hitting people in the groin area. Guys aren't supposed to do that to guys. What are you doing over there, Luca? Yeah,
3: I don't think he did that. I mean, he intentionally meant to hit him, but I don't think he meant to hit him in the groin area.
0: Didn't matter to the Mavs. They were up by 11 early in the third quarter when he got kicked out, and they uh, pulled away in the rest of the third quarter. And like a 26 point lead going to the fourth quarter. So they blew the game open as soon as he left. They pick up the win. And the Mavericks sitting in fifth place in the West, a game in front of the Blazers, who have a difficult closing stretch. So unless Dallas really messes it up or uh, Portland does something they haven't been doing all year, Dallas will end up in that fifth spot. Pelicans Executive Vice President David Griffin fined fifty grand for public criticism of the officiating and contra- comments dent- detrimental to the NBA. Griffin said that Zion Williamson, who's out indefinitely with a fractured left ring finger, he says the injury was avoidable if the league had done a better job officiating his franchise star. He has been absolutely mauled in the paint on a regular basis to the point that other players have said to him, I'm going to keep doing this to you because they don't call it. says more violence encouraged in the paint than any player I've seen since Shaquille O'Neal. It was egregious and horrific then, and the same is true now. Fifty grand, small price to pay to be loyal to your star player. okay. DJ and PK.
4: Hashtag NFL. Obviously, that's important, you know, but that's not my focus right now. My
12: focus is to to learn the offense, keep getting better every single day, you know, do what I can with the guys around me. Uh, And I think the rest takes care of itself. You know, in in this position, the coaches want to play the best player. And that position has got to be earned. You know, I got to go in there and I got to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, you know, that'll take care of itself.
0: That's Zach Wilson talking about the position's got to be earned. Jets have a uh, a mini-camp, and the Jets, the, the other people he's got to earn the job over are 2020 fourth-round pick James Morgan and former practice squad player Mike White. So Right now. You, you can say you have to earn it, but that's all you're competing against right now. Yes, they can bring somebody in. And you would expect that there would be a veteran to back him up in case he gets hurt and somebody to kind of show him the ropes. But who's that going to be? Don't know. Seattle Seahawks wide receiver D.K. Metcalf finished last among the nine competitors in his heat at the uh, USA Track and Field Golden Games and Distance Open in Walnut, California. Ran an official time of 10.37 seconds. Looked pretty impressive to me, P.K. He's a big dude, and he's a half second off uh, you know, a world-class, world-record type time, but that's the difference—a half second—from world class world record to last in your heat.
3: Yeah, where's he going with this though?
0: I don't know. Uh, you know, I think uh, I guess you can hope that you know Olympic trials and Olympics and that kind of stuff. But realistically, that wasn't going to happen. Maybe just uh, professional curiosity. He knows he's fast, and he wants to see how he competes against the others. I don't know where he'll go from here. I don't know if he knew he was going to run that good a time. All right, DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag college football.
0: NCAA president Mark Emmer said he, said he recommends the association's board members approve new rules, allowing athletes to make money from their name, image, and likeness rights this summer. Emmer told the New York Times he's pushing for approval of NIL guidance, quote, before or as close to July 1, close quote. State law is going into effect uh, from Alabama, Florida, and Georgia, and Mississippi, all in SEC country, to New Mexico, so state laws are about to have an impact. There's other states working that's, on stuff. That's why that July 1 number is the yep, important one. that's the date. I've been hearing about it forever. It's about time. How long does this take? Apparently it's July 1.
3: I think they should go likeness, image, and name, and then we can call it Lynn.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like a word. Instead of nil?
3: Yeah. I mean, if you're giving somebody money and it's called nil, it's not
0: a good look. Sounds like you're not giving them that much money.
3: Uh, that's, that's, that's like for you soccer people. You can have nil. We don't want it.
0: Lynn. Jeremy Lynn. Famous Lins. Ready, go. Buffalo hired Michigan's co-defensive coordinators, the Bulls' new head coach. They lost their head coach to Kansas. Lance Leopold taken off after six years. It's a very slow turn of the coaching carousel. Kind of late for that kind of stuff now, but there you go. DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag Major League Baseball. Breaking ball down the
4: line.
1: Down and into the corner. It bounds over the wall for a ground rule double. Walsh was
2: ready. Here's the pitch from Cueto. That one is launched deep to left center field. Duggars going back. Looking up. Going to go. A two-run homer for Fernando
0: Tatis Jr. Swung on base hit. Line to left field. Wade scores. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. On the 2-2, Giancarlo hit a bullet between third and short. Highlights from this weekend's action. The uh, Padres tee off, crush the Giants 11-1. Johnny Cueto giving up some long home runs. Jake Cronenworth splashed one down. And Fernando Tatis Jr., 454 feet to dead center field. But... The Giants won two out of three, PK. They're a game and a half up on the Padres, two and a half up on the Dodgers. they got to feel pretty good about the weekend, even if Sunday went wrong.
3: Oh, I know. I feel pretty good about the weekend. I mean, that's really all that matters. As long as you feel good, we're happy for you.
0: Angels beat the Dodgers 2-1 one, one night after they played a 14-11 to 11 game. Weird how that turns around, and Dodgers had an enormous lead in that. Took some, took some guys out, and then the Angels, with a late rally, put a little drama into that. Your Dodger timeline must have been full of Dodger fans complaining left and right, even though they did get the win.
3: Yeah, you won the game. I mean, that's baseball. Those things are going to happen, of course, when you're playing that many games.
0: Angels take two of three from the Dodgers on that weekend series there. The uh, Yankees are now a couple games after over 500. They took two out of three from the Nationals. You heard the... uh, The highlights there, won an extra inning game on Saturday and then picked up another win on Sunday. So the Yankees, two games over after a horrible start. Salt Lake Bees, they're off to a 0-4 start, lost to Reno, 8-3. Same two teams, going to play tonight at 6.30 on 1280 The Zone. I know it doesn't look like baseball weather now, but it's supposed to get better as the day goes along. So those two teams will play tonight, at 6.30, and you'll hear it on 1280 The Zone while the Jazz are on 97.5 The Zone.
3: The Bees have a rally cry rally cry. Remember the Oakland A's.
6: 0 and 6 to start their
0: year. And now look at them. Winning their division, yeah. looking great. So. Right. I think the bees have to lose two more before they're the athletics. Probably not what they're planning. DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag RSL.
0: RSL looked good for 80 minutes and then blew it in the last 10. Chris Wondolowski comes off the bench, scores twice in the final 10 minutes, and San Jose gets out of there with the 2-1 win, deflating PK. It's a great start. It's a great goal. And then it didn't matter because they lost in the last 10 minutes. Two pretty soft goals. Shouldn't have given them up, but they take their first loss of the year.
3: Didn't matter? There's nothing they can build on it?
0: No, it's like, getting a, it's like a basketball player getting a career-high 40 in a, uh, and then your team loses the game.
3: So there's nothing they can build on it from?
0: No, it doesn't feel like there's something. I mean, I guess you could build on it by, you know, stay focused. you got to stay dialed in. Substitutions can change games, different players, different skill sets, all that. So, yes, I guess you can learn from your mistakes.
4: The
3: Jazz lost to the Knicks and then went on a streak, and they said that was a catalyst. You guys, you can learn from this. I know you're down right now, but sit tight. There'll be another game.
0: There will be another game. Nashville will be here next Saturday. First time they will play RSL in their second year of existence. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, you've heard the jazz questions. Jazz fans debating them. Best role player in jazz history. Do you feel dirty rooting for the Lakers? You don't do that very often as a jazz fan, but it was a special occasion. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The
1: The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
4: Derek Favors with us, 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. So Derek, 48 and 18 at this point. Is this about what you thought this team was capable of? And in addition to that, do you think this team is capable of going deep into the playoffs, contending for a title for real?
13: No, I think we can definitely make a deep run in the playoffs, and I think we can continue to get better, especially on the defensive end and on the offensive end. I think we haven't reached our full potential yet, especially when Mike comes back, when when Donovan comes back. You know, I think we'll be a scary team in the playoffs. Catch the Big Show
1: weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network.
12: Well, now you a the
1: Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron to AD to the rim.
0: Well, theoretically, that was going to be David Locke screaming, I hate the frickin' Lakers. Which brings us right to the question of the day. Hot takes or toast, brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury hasn't. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. Many questions over the weekend, but one of them, did anybody feel dirty rooting for the Lakers to beat the Suns? (laughs) L-A-K-E-R-S. That one worked. Brad says to be the number one seed. Oh, he goes with the Ron Boondrop. Hell no. I was glad to see the Lakers win. Austin says it's a lot easier to root for the Lakers when ja- when Queen James isn't playing. Oh, King James, see. Call call him a girl. That's uh that's pretty good stuff right there. Dave says sometimes you gotta make deals with the devil. Dave, I believe that's true. The deal must be made. It's good for the Jazz to see the Suns lose, so you just got to suck it up and root for the hated Lakers. There's no way around it.
3: Yeah, see, I don't know that that's it, though. I think a lot of Jazz fans are petrified of the Lakers, and they want them out of that potential 7-8 and eight. Because if they get seven but lose and then win again, they would be the eighth seed if Jazz finish one. So I don't think it's necessarily about the Suns losing. I think it's more about being scaredy cats when it comes to playing the Lakers.
0: Well, that's definitely a scenario out there. I think if the Lakers are in that 7 8 game, they will put all their powers on winning ASAP. And I get that, you know, they could play a good game and still lose because Steph Curry could go for 50. Uh, but I think if they get in that game, they'll win it. But you're right. But you you're playing with your fire. Chances, there, is, there is a chance. <laughs> I certainly I can't debate Lakers. that. There is a so chance. So it's not
3: a scenario. It's the scenario.
0: <laughs> now you're getting the cold sweats. You're the one seed. Congrats. You get LeBron and AD in the first round. and they're but
3: Somehow <laughs> playing the Lakers later and losing to them later is better than losing to them earlier.
0: I get that. I think there's an argument to be made that playing the Lakers earlier would be better because they'd still be trying to reestablish whatever rhythm they've lost because they've had guys sitting for so long. As would you. So, yes, it's true.
3: That it washes out.
0: Or you could hope they go to the other side of the bracket and somebody else beats them and you never have to deal with them. But man, if somebody else beats them, isn't somebody else playing at a high level? Can't we just... Chase this around and around? This is chicken-and-the-egg type stuff. If
3: you're weak-minded, that's what you would do. Yep.
0: Or you could just buckle up, as Bowler would say, and go out there and win 16 playoff games, which isn't going to be easy no matter who you're playing.
3: It's what your level of faithfulness and belief is in this team. If you wanted the Lakers to win so you didn't face them in the first round, you don't really believe in a jazz. If you wanted the Lakers to win so the Suns would lose, I can accept that a little bit better. But if you're worried about the Lakers, you really don't have a lot of faith in this team.
0: John, I feel like I have to root for the Lakers to win, and it makes me feel icky. <laughs> icky. It's a good word. So how many of the Jazz fans do you think were rooting for the Lakers in that game because they were worried about the Laker matchup, and how many were just focused on the Suns thinking, sweet, two-game lead with four to go. we'll take it. Got room for a mulligan down the stretch now. And if you didn't say it, but you kind of alluded to it earlier, if the Suns stumble one more time, then the Jazz get two mulligans down the stretch.
3: I don't think very many Jazz fans are all that worried about the Suns, and if they were... Yesterday at this time, they're certainly a lot less worried about them this morning at this time because they didn't look like a good team at all. And they had all their guys. Crowder was back. Sarge has been in and out of the lineup. He was back. I don't think they played Camp Johnson. If he's a difference maker, then uh, I would be surprised. But other than that, I think they had most of their guys and Lakers without a bunch of guys. And so the Suns, it was one of their worst losses that they've had. And I haven't watched the Suns play all the time. But that wasn't good. I mean, they were they were smoked right from the start, and at, a, at no point in the fourth quarter was I worried that the Suns were going to come back. Uh, this, they had a little streak, but this is the NBA. If you, if you don't go on an eight nothing streak in the NBA, something's wrong with you. <laughs> so, I mean, that's no big deal. But they just were really never in the ball game. I know the announcers try to build it up to, to keep you involved, so it's all about ratings, it's entertainment, never lose sight of that. So, uh, you know, unless you're getting the, the hometown announcers, but if you get national guys, they're going to try to pump it up to keep you invested into watching it because they're looking interested in their pockets. And So you could try to make the game competitive, and that's their job to, to keep you Tuned in so you don't go to bed or change the channel or what have you, but I never really felt that the the Lakers were in danger of losing that game from the pretty much the halftime on. So that was a bad game for the Suns. So I don't think I don't really think most Jazz fans fear the Suns, even though they've gone three and zero against the Jazz. I just don't think that they think that that's real. I think it's all about the Lakers, man. We're 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 nervous about them, and the last thing we want to do because what would what would make this season a complete and total disaster is losing in the first round?
0: Yeah. Donovan threw that gauntlet down before things even started. And so to have all these regular season wins piled up and then check out in the first round, that would be brutal.
3: Well, it's only happened twice, right? Where the number one seed is lost to the eight seed.
0: Uh, I probably, yeah, I can't recall, but I'll go with it. I mean, I know I remember the Sonics losing to the Nuggets, obviously, and if the Mavericks were a one seed and lost. I don't know if somebody it. else has. Is that it? That is it? Okay.
3: In the West, anyway, I don't really care about the East. So you would go down in infamy. Ick. Particularly in a seven-game series, no less. I mean, now those other ones, I'd have to see. Were they three out of five? Which, obviously, your margin of error is much smaller in a three out of five. You lost a four out of seven, and you've been fighting for respect all season. And I don't care that it's the Lakers. I don't care who it would be. If you lost the first round series, that would be an absolute disaster, and then they couldn't spin it by point differential and all these other ways they try to spin negative into positive. No, <laughs> you would have had the best record in the league, and you went out in the first round. You would you have to work overtime to spin that for me.
0: The Warriors uh, was a best of seven series. Great then you would be right there with him. You'd be right there, yep. Congratulations, you got company (laughs) in your suckitude. Uh. Dr. Indy Jones Jr. says, I really want the Suns to lose so the Jazz have extra games and can relax a little bit before the playoffs. I've already got time off. I don't think that's a credit. With the new play-in format, that builds the time in off that you used to want to wrap it up early so you could shut your guys down on uh, the last game or two. But now you're going to have at least five or six days off.
3: Yeah, I, I still think you want that. You Everyone wants to clinch as soon as they can. No matter if you have 10 weeks off, you still want to clinch as soon as you can.
0: Uh, Jordan is the fan you're talking about here uh if the Lakers win not only does it help the jazz keep the one seed but it puts the Lakers closer to the sixth seed they've got a fairly easy schedule left Portland does not Lakers Clippers play round one gets one of them out of the way early on if the Clippers can hold on to the three seed
3: yeah but that's not what you want though you want them in the seventh seed don't you you don't want them at the six
0: you don't want the lake you want the Lakers. Is it better to
3: be seven?
0: Well, six and seven are both on the other side
3: of the bracket, so if you're trying to avoid them. Right, but I understand that. But if you're seven, you have to play in a playing game.
0: Yeah, but see, that's that whole tempt and fate thing. They might drop to eight and end up on your side of the bracket and be your first-round opponent.
3: It might. I understand that, but but we're assuming, and maybe it's too big of an assumption, but I don't think it is because I think LeBron will be back. So... The way I look at it is have them, and I get it, eliminate the possibility. But I think the best scenario would be have them be seven, have to play again, risk more injury, and they probably win that game if they're healthy. And then they have that seven seed, so they are obviously on the other side. Uh, But get them out there more. Uh, I mean, you can go back and forth on this. Yeah.
0: I think I think the Jazz fans would really just like the Suns, the Clippers, and Lakers on the other side of the bracket so they don't have to face more than one of those teams, and that one they wouldn't have to face for a month.
3: Yeah, I don't really think they care about the Suns.
0: I think Jazz fans can worry about anything.
3: They can, but I don't think they care about the Suns. I'll tell you right now, you can play the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. Do you
0: sign up for it right now? Yeah, Do you take it? Yeah, you do. You Absolutely. do, because that means Absolutely. the Clippers and Lakers are out, and that means that you didn't mess up your first two series. So that is probably the best-case scenario for Jazz fans in a conference final. Best realistic case. Whoever the fourth team is on the other side of that bracket, I guess them getting in the conference final, but that doesn't seem possible really reaching that, and you're really hoping to backdoor it at that point.
3: Yeah, so the Suns can finish five spots ahead of the Lakers, but Jazz fans are terrified of the Lakers, and they look at the Suns and say, "Eh, we can beat those guys. They don't even give it a second
0: thought. Are Jazz fans alone in being terrified of the Lakers, or do you think the entire Western Conference is terrified of the Lakers and is like, please let those guys go to the other side of the racket? I don't think the Clippers are terrified of the Lakers, no, not at all. They're the one? The only one. They, uh, want, that, they want them in the first round, figuring they won't be at their best, even if they have their guys back? I, I think you play who you play. I don't think they
3: give it a second thought. What's the difference? You play who you play, and you're going to have to beat them four times. That's really all that matters. I mean, that, if you're a true winner, that's your mindset. Anything else... Once you let doubt creep in, it'll eat you up. That's exactly what you're going to have. You're going to have doubt. So, and I know there's a lot of fans in jazz media who want it so bad that they're so nervous about it because it just would make their lives so much better, and it would be such a big deal for them. I understand all that. If I was in that situation, and these guys were my boys, I would feel the same way. So, it's way easier for me to sit here and say all this stuff because I don't have i have zero emotional attachment. My paycheck depended on it, I would root like crazy. I'm not that my rooting is going to do anything,
13: yeah, right.
0: <laughs> it
3: has zero <laughs> effect on anything. It's its the coaching staff getting ready for the guys to play, <laughs> and the guys go out and doing what they're capable of doing.
0: Peek at a Sunday night, yeah. sitting in the TV room watching the Suns and the Lakers rooting trying to get his mind to change the time-space continuum.
3: Yeah, it really has zero <laughs> bearing on it. Ben, time, and nothing. space. <laughs> There's literally nothing I can do to help this team win or to make them lose. Nothing. So that's why I don't really worry about it, because I can't control it. There's zero. It's whether these guys play. And I actually have a lot of belief in them that I don't create uh, scenarios in which things can go wrong. They very well could lose, but it's going to be on them, how they play. If they play well, I've been saying it for weeks, if they play well, they're capable of beating anyone in this league four times. Nothing has changed in my mind to make me think. In fact, my mind has actually grown stronger, my mindset, I should say, as far as my belief in them. Because I see these guys play, I think there's a great, I think you said it last week, and I was thinking about it over the weekend, that you know they've, they've gotten into a little bit of a rhythm now, with the guys that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's something to be said and you brought that up last week and you just take you know Trent Forrest when he comes in now, he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. And Niang, you know his role has changed uh, dramatically from when he's coming off the bench to now he's receiving more minutes, more of a focal point and everything. And you could see him play. Joe's been doing this for a while, bouncing back and forth between bench and starter. So he's more used to it. Yes, he has an increased role, obviously, with the ball handling. You can see it in his assist total, but he's used to it. But there's a couple other guys that their roles have dramatically changed here in the last couple of weeks, and you can see that they're much more comfortable in these roles right now, and they're playing better. The team is playing better. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they haven't been beating the best teams in the league, but there's something to be said for beating Denver. Denver's been on a little tailspin now. I think they've come back down to earth a little bit, but that was a very intense game, and it was great experience that will benefit. I don't know how much Forrest will play when the other two come back, but certainly Niang will be in there, and if you need Ni- Niang to do more, well, it's no sweat. He's been doing more. This is, in a sense... At his level, on his scale, this is a breakout season for Niang. And so now he should go into the season with much more confidence. And for where Bogdanovich was a couple of months ago to where he is now, it's obviously night and day. And he should go storming into the playoffs with all sorts of confidence. There should be no doubt about his level of confidence. right? It should be at the all-time high since he's been with the Jazz, unless something outrageously dramatic were to happen in these next four games, which I don't think is going to happen. So that's why my mindset is, hey, play who you play. And sure, yeah, I get it. I'd rather play the Lakers in the third round. But if it should happen, it's not like I'd be scared I that my preference would be uh, to do that. It's like uh, every team in college football who wins the coin flip for overtime. We'll go on defense. You're just kind of playing the odds there. But does it really matter if you go on defense? Because if you take care of your offense, that just puts the pressure right back on those other guys uh, in, in that way. So, But they always choose defense, right? Every single thing. It's, some, it's written down somewhere. The coin flip, the preference is to be defense. That's the same type of thing. Well, of course, you don't want to play the Lakers. But if you should have to play them, let's go. Same thing. If you lose the coin flip and you have to go on offense, it's not like, oh, my gosh, it's over, right? Same type of mindset.
0: We got Jazz fans with some very different mindsets here. Uh, Mario, on the question of did he feel dirty rooting for the Lakers, he says, I actually dislike Chris Paul more than the Lakers, so that makes it easier. What for? He does not explain. Probably Mario's – hardcore. He tweets it as he's listened for a long time. I would bet it goes back to he was a D-Will over Chris Paul guy. And then every little thing that happened the rest of Chris Paul's career, Just Chris got off on the wrong foot with Mario as a rookie in New Orleans. And, and Mario's never let up.
3: Now, see, I think you have to really admire Chris Paul at 36 years of age, because I think to play at this level, at 36 in this league, very few guys have done it. I think it takes a complete and total dedication to so much that you never see as a fan. You just the thirty-six-year-old just doesn't show up to practice and put in his ninety minutes, watch some film, go home and eat cheeseburgers and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it has to be a complete and do- total dedication. Look at all the money that Chris Paul has accumulated. Right, he could go buy multiple islands and never be heard from again and be one happy fellow, but he has this commitment and he's a smaller dude and he's been able to not only survive all these years, but really thrive and take this team like Phoenix, which hasn't been to the playoffs in 11 years and go in there and help them get to where they are. It's been a remarkable season for these guys. Actually, my admiration for Chris Paul is at an all time high. And if he may have gotten under my skin when he was with the Clippers and they played the jazz back, well, that's just the competitive nature that you get when you're on the court and you're within the boundaries of the court. And really, we don't know Chris Paul at all. He might be the nicest dude ever, but we have no idea. We just see him out on the floor. But we do know, at least for me, to be able to play at this level, it just takes a ton of dedication to your conditioning, to training, to all that stuff that we literally never see. And I can rep- appreciate and respect that. I can respect that actually, not only respect it, but respect it enormously.
0: Can't fall out of bed and hit this level in the NBA at the age of 36, especially as a six-foot guy. But even yeah. a, even a six-six guy, excelling at 36, oh, anybody, sure, you're, yeah. you're putting in the time. And it's, it's diet, exercise, stretching, weights, on and on down yeah, the line. Yeah, the commitment. Yeah, 365. It, yeah. You can't be doing the yo-yo thing in the offseason, gaining 15 and losing 15. You got to right. be there day after day. Right. And who can't
3: appreciate a guy who goes to work every day? Now, obviously, he has a very high-profile job. But the guy who gets up and goes to work every day and has been doing it You know, for him, in the NBA, it's like he's been doing it for 30 years. It's not literally 30 years because nobody works as a player in the NBA for 30 years. But he's been going to work and doing this. And can't you just picture him going to his right, turning his shoulders, doing that little fade back mid-ranger? It's like he's perfected that shot. And to me, it's a form of art to watch him do that. So I can't get in to where I hate Chris Paul. Not at all. I actually respect him as much as I ever have.
0: All right, DJ PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, William Bogdanovich got PK thinking. 48 points carrying the Jazz. Huge game when they needed it most against the Nuggets. And they get the win, and he goes for 48. And as a role guy, not as one of the two stars, but as a role guy, who's been better? It's a very short list you can even compare him to, and we will do that next. Stay with us.
12: Now let's get this party started.
0: This
1: is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
8: The great Craig Bullerjack, the big question is how do you reintroduce Conley, who I think has been through this before, but Donovan hasn't. Donovan's never missed this much time, so hopefully he and Quinn have had conversations about being brought back in and trying not to overdo it and just fit back in and do his thing. So that's probably the next challenge ahead for the Jazz, is that you think, okay, great, you've had a lot of depth. Get out on the floor of Trent is wowed the crowd a bit you know Clarkson bogey you got to give credit to Joe just kind of running the show at the point and now and as you close in hopefully we get another update on Donovan and Mike as well and we'll get a better feel for where they are as they try to maybe play the final two games of the regular season if not before we'll see
1: Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
0: The Davis Vision spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save over $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Two-part question of the day. Eh, it's a long weekend. A lot of things occur. How is Bojan Bogdanovic not the best role player in Utah Jazz history? Gwen says, love him so much with a big purple heart. Gwen is all (laughs) on board team (laughs) Boyan.
3: Purple heart, huh?
0: Matt says, Dave, you always ask stupid questions. He has skill, just needs minutes to hone them in. Come on, Dave. PK, set your boy straight. (laughs) What am I setting straight? Uh, me for asking such a boneheaded question on our Facebook page.
3: I'm asking it. I know you are,
0: but I think Matt likes you, I'm and he didn't like the question, straight. so he blamed me. Should have blamed you, but whatever. Well, why didn't yeah. you like the question, though? I don't understand. I don't know. He didn't see. Uh, I guess he thinks it's just obvious that Bogey just needed uh, more minutes to hone those obvious skills he has. I think that it's a decent question because I think. There are some role players who gave the Jazz a big lift for pretty long stretches in Jazz history. I was thinking this over, and one name came to my mind immediately. And then a second that I knew you would bring up. And then a third that I think we would both agree on also. And then I started thinking, I'm like, no, nah, everybody else was either a star or they were a clear notch below. I think there's only three people that you can argue, argue with here. And I bet from my description, you know me well enough, you can just reel him right off. The one who came to my mind right away was?
3: Oh, it's going to be Hornacek.
0: Sure. And then I started thinking, I'm like, oh, I got to be ready to talk about this guy because PK will want to. Nobody else. Big T Thurl Bailey. Thought you'd bring him up as the role player on the '88 team, which you think is underrated as potentially the best team in jazz history, taking the Lakers to seven. And then the other guy that's would be Mark. A very good one too. Mark Eaton anchored the Jazz defense for a long time, and John Stockton's got Except this. He made, all, he made, he made an All Star game.
3: He's on All Star teams.
0: I thought he was only you can't on be a role one role
3: player. if You're on an All Star. I thought he was well, only that's
0: on one more than Bogdanovich. <laughs> that's true, but Hornacek was on one not as a jazz guy.
3: Right. That's why I eliminated Horn second. And I love Jeff, my favorite all-time NBA player, obviously, next to Magic. Uh, but I don't think he could go for 48.
0: Well, Jeff would probably tell you the game has changed since then. And as a role player, you know, you got to do your role. Even if you're capable of more, maybe the coach doesn't want you doing more.
3: How has the game changed since then?
0: There's way more threes, so it's easier to. Way more threes. It's acceptable to shoot way more threes, so and he you can
3: has pile the record up the for Most threes in a game,
0: you can pile up the points faster.
3: Okay, but he has the record. He's tied for the most yep. threes in a game by an Eight. individual player.
0: They put it on the Jazz broadcast multiple times this year. But in this area, he would have had ten or twelve.
3: I'm not sure he goes for 48. That's not taking away, and he's he's much smaller than Bogdanovich is.
0: Todd says he's got to do it in the playoffs. If he does, and we win it all, he'll be the best Jazz role player ever. Tony's on the same track. He says, give him some time, and he may well be there. Uh, Hornacek, I would put ahead of him for now, but if they go to the finals and win it, then you're spot on with this comment because as much as I like Hornacek, and he was great for us, he didn't get a ring.
3: He did not. But I don't know the role players are going to determine whether you get one or not. It's not like I can look at Jeff. Oh, if he had done this or that, that it would have been different.
0: Occasionally the role player gets the ball with uh, everything on the line and gets to make the big play. But mostly they don't. Mostly the Stars get the ball with the game on the line and chance to make the big play.
3: Yeah, they do. Uh, but the, uh, the Stars got to get you to that point. Mm-hmm. And then, if you're fortunate enough, the ball comes your way and you make the shot. Uh, we always look at offense. That's how we determine yep. everything. Uh, we can preach defense all we want, but we just go right to offense. Did you make the big shot? And then, and if you did, we can recall the two times that the role players made the big shots, and that's it. And then, and then we and we go to the Orion Kerr every single time. We and Paxton maybe, but we don't have a whole lot beyond that. Uh, so. I don't see anybody being able to do what Bogdanovich has been doing now because he's been a star right now. And then Hornacek never got that opportunity, and that's what you can sort of, and I can hear people saying it in their cars, that's because the statues never missed, missed any games, games.
0: Right? <laughs> he, could, he couldn't take over and carry him because Carl was there, and the ball went to Carl.
3: As it should, yes. Uh, he was... He was the biggest star that they've ever had, for sure. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, So Jeff never really had that opportunity. And here you're getting not one, but two All-Stars out. And your third All-Star is not offensive-minded in that way, to that level anyway. So the door is wide open for someone to take advantage of it. And to credit this fella, he has. Bogdanovich has been sensational. It's been so awesome to see because I like it when guys are honest. And when he was going through that shooting slump, man, he was totally honest and saying, I have never gone through this. This is the worst period I've ever had. And I appreciate him saying that because we all knew it anyway. So why try to act like it didn't exist when it did exist? And we saw it. We didn't need him to say it, but they rarely say it. And he came clean. And he gives his interviews. He has, and I don't know if it's a translation issue or whatever, but he has a certain naivete about him that I can really appreciate. You know, thank you for everybody and uh, being a part of this special night. And just just the way he is, you don't usually get that type of comment. And so he's endeared himself, I think, even more so because he is honest and he learned English and all that stuff and he can communicate and he is, it's like he's totally transparent. And to see him make those shots and all, you could tell him he was having the time of his life. And the fans that were at the stadium, they were just eating it up. And the rest of us watching it on television were enjoying it too. And that's fun. That's what it should be. That's what it's about. If it's not fun, what's the point from the fan perspective, from the. Pro perspective, it's about winning. That's what's fun. Winning is fun. But for the rest of us, you know, this the experience of it, and I think we had that on display, and that was a lot of fun on, Saturday, on Friday night.
0: All right, hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. On Twitter, David DJ James. Use the open mic feature on our app. Get our app. Hit the open mic. You're going to record 15 seconds of audio. You can give us your take. And whether it's uh, how dirty you felt, rooting for the Lakers to beat the Suns, or William Bogdanovich, where does he stack up? Is he at the top of the heap as the best jazz role player ever? We will get to that coming up. We've got Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joining us at 830. Tim Roy, play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors, is here at 930. It's the Jazz and the Warriors tonight. Here's the Jazz game. On 97.5 The Zone, the bees will be over on 12.80 The Zone, right here on The Zone Sports Network. Get your foursome together today and sign up for the Dyslexia Center of Utah Charity Golf Tournament. Join the fun. May 13th, Cedar Hills Golf Course. 100% of the proceeds go to the Dyslexia Center Scholarship Fund. Space is limited. Find out more at dyslexiacenterofutah.org. We're getting a lot of feedback on Bogey. Is he the best Jazz role player ever? Coming off that 48 point performance that was so impressive Friday night as the Jazz beat the Nuggets. Game that had a playoff vibe to it. BYU says, I thought of Jeff Hornacek, but in my mind, he's more on the star side than role player. He was part of the Jazz Big Three back in the day. Yes, he was. Derek says, don't ever disrespect Joe Ingles like that. And Knight, who says, Niang, says, Joe Ingles exists. He does? (laughs) Joe exists. Confirmation.
11: Yeah.
0: It's offense, PK. It's points. Joe can throw all the pretty lob passes in the world, but points always get more hype than assists.
3: Well, I think Joe himself would have had a heart attack if he scored 48 points. That is so without his – beyond his DNA.
0: That's a good question. we gotta remember for, we got to remember that for him at the end of the week. Would you have a heart attack if you scored 48?
3: <laughs> I think he would. I mean, it's just not in his DNA. And that's – especially now with the other guys out, it's not like shooting is an afterthought. But when you're running the offense for a pass-first guy, it's amplified even more right now because he's literally the, really their only guy to to run the offense to the level that they need because the other two guys are out. So scoring for him, he's got to score for sure, and he can score, and he has scored. But shooting is not – I don't even know that it's really on his mindset right now with all the responsibilities that he has to make sure everybody else is involved. Uh, and And he's not a decoy. But Bogdanovich has really elevated his game just these last few weeks. And it's really, it's not startling, but it's somewhat surprising, particularly on the drives. Because we saw him when he wasn't hitting go with the drive stuff more, and now he's hitting from the outside. So offensively, he's become, from the winter to now, the complete package. And that's really, really impressive to see. And it bodes well for this team. That goes back to what I said the other day. My mindset is that I've never been more confident in this team this season than right now with the caveat that the other two guys come back. And we asked Joe last week, what's your concern about them uh, reincorporating into the lineup? And he said, zero.
0: Well, that'll be impressive because there are plenty of examples where guys have struggled to reincorporate um, or struggled to find their role as they've come back. It's not necessarily the guys coming back. It's you know, other guys adjusting to their roles and combining with them and, and playing off them. You know, I've used the example a couple times with Magic and with Michael Jordan. I mean, they were at the height of their powers, but they didn't play all the games and their teams didn't win the title. And they were literally winning the title the next year, Magic won it the year before and the year after, you know? So if it's, if it's hard for those players and those guys, then it, you just can't dismiss it out of hand in my mind. And it doesn't mean that you're doomed, and especially this year, because so many of the best teams are having to do the same exact thing at the same time. And so it's just more like it's one more hurdle that has to be cleared. You know, it goes back to your point that you were making earlier. Well, of course, there's hurdles. If it were easy to win a title, everybody would do it. It's hard, and so you got to be mentally tough. And stuff's going to go wrong. You just got to suck it up and fix it on the fly and bounce back from your bad quarter, your bad game, or whatever. Because if it gets in your head, four games, you'll be done in a hurry. There's plenty of good teams to take you out.
3: No, I don't remember when those two ultimate superstars were out and what the circumstances were. But Conley's been doing this for a good while. Because if you're expecting Conley to be Mr. Durable, well, it's not going to happen. He hasn't been that, and he's not going to start being that. So he's a secondary guy, even though he has, he's had a good season and all. Uh, Mitchell, obviously he's a primary guy. But those two guys that you bring up with the the two MJs, you know how long were they out? I, I don't. I can't remember. I I've, I I've looked it I've up.
0: Looked. I can tell you. I remember now because I've looked it up. Jordan missed most of the season. He played 17 regular season games. So you, if you want to argue, well, that's a different deal. Now they got pretty good in those 17 games. All of us were watching at the time and like, bleep, and Jordan's going to do this. This is crazy. And then he didn't. You know they won the first series and lost the second to Orlando. And with Magic. Um, he had arthroscopic knee surgery in the middle of the year and he played 39 games so he played almost half the season and they lost in a best two out of three when they did those mini series things so you could argue that that is freakier than a seven game series and maybe if he'd had seven games he would have pulled it off you know so there are some stuff that make the comparisons you know a little uh, a little weird kind of they're, they're not a perfect match
3: yeah I'm not worried about it Unless I see differently, and then obviously if I see differently,
0: I will be worried about it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I do think, though, that a little bit of it is going to come down to that the team that loses, that's the card that's going to get played, whether by them or their local media or the national media. It's going to be, well, those guys. But I think the Clippers and the Lakers and the Jazz, to one degree or another, have similar issues here. You know, Kawhi Leonard's missed a lot of time. LeBron, and now AD's been back for a little while. LeBron, though, has missed a lot of time. It looks like the Jazz guys are going to miss a lot of time right up to the end of the season. So you got three teams that are all dealing with the same deal, you know, and the Nuggets have a different deal because their guy's out and he's gone with Jamal Murray. Uh, And the Suns have been just healthier than the other four. But one of those teams is coming out of the West.
3: Yeah, but I don't think missing 15 games – is that big of a deal.
0: And it's mind, certainly different. You're
3: going to miss a few games anyway.
0: Yeah, it's just that it's right at the end, and they've been all in a row. And I, I think you can argue that what with Conley, he's been in and out and missed back-to-backs, you know, precautionary and all that so often that that might be easier. I think the right, more the question is, Donovan's thinking, well, should I just give it to Bogey and get out of the way because he's got it going, and Bogey's thinking, no, i got to defer to Donovan, so now he's not as aggressive as he no. was. That's more the kind of thing – that I think could hang a team up a little bit.
3: It could, but this the, the way these guys play, it's not that one dude. It's not Damian Lillard to where I'm carrying you yep. almost game after game, and if we're going to win, it's going to be because I've carried everybody. And, and Mitchell can do that a little bit when it gets tight, but uh, that's right at the end. So you've got the whole free flow of the game going yep. forward for everyone to be in the mix, and you should be able to beat anybody in the first round if you're the number 1 seed.
0: That's another good point. Statistics
3: are overwhelming in your favor. So even though it's at the end of the season, they still have played a ton of games together to where they should be able if as long as you got your health if there's a health issue it's another story but if you got your health they should be able to get in there and do what they do and if they've got a couple of issues well they've got a whole week to iron it out before they get there and i don't really see it as issues because i think mitchell's just looking to win at this point man and so if bogdanovich is hot and he continues this pace uh so be it man who cares who's doing what as long as you got one more point than the other guy at the end of the game that's all that matters so i'm not expecting it to be a big issue if these guys are healthy the health is more of an issue rather than the guys being able to play together because they've been doing it for a while and they got a bunch of veteran guys i mean it's one after another right down the list they're all veteran guys even Niang has been in the league for a while, and he's the last guy off the bench when everyone's right. And so he's a veteran, and he knows his role. So they've they've delineated everything so well that I, I could be wrong, obviously. It won't be the last time, but I don't think that it's going to be a big deal. And I think that they've got the first-round series to well, iron it out, although I don't think the first-round series is just going to be a walk in the park either.
0: I think the way the Jazz run their offense and the message Quinn has been harping on can help um, at least minimize the situation I was talking about with guys feeling like they need to defer to each other. This is a team that at times we've seen them overpass, you know, and, but Quinn is really going to be harping on if the shot is there, take it. Don't overthink it. If it's an open shot, take it. You know, passing, he's been, he's been harping on it all the year. Beating, you know, do you pass up a good shot trying to get a great one? And maybe that was something they were trying to do three or four years ago or it was more okay. It doesn't feel like it's okay now. We've heard too much from Joe when he comes on our show, other players in their post-game zooms, and from Quinn. When the shot's there, take it. Take it. And so that does eliminate some of the doubt that maybe you get in an old school offense in the 90s. Do I get the ball to our star or should I take it? Do I have the better matchup? And none of that matters now. If you're open, take the shot because you're probably not going to be that open again before the 24 second clock runs out. And he's been hammering that.
3: Yeah, if they don't take the shot, they don't win. There are two things you got to take the shot, you got to make the shot. I and mean, that has to happen for this team to win, it must be done. And if it's not, if you are not taking the shot, your team isn't going to win. So they've got the formula to win. You don't go through all these games and then get to the postseason and think, oh, what do we do now? Especially with the number one seed. I don't think you do. I think you do what you do, and that's how you got there. So you continue to do it and go about the way you – we all know how they win games. We've been watching them, and our listeners have been watching them now – All season, it's what we do. They play, we watch. It's a very simple, basic formula. They play tonight, we watch. And most of our listeners, they watch because if they're not watching, they're probably not listening. So it's all that stuff. And it's the same thing here with these players. If you're open and not shooting, well, you're not helping the team.
0: There's also the chance to refine things in the first round. And your point about the first round isn't going to be easy. Uh, you know, it's hard to know that for sure, because right now mathematically I think there's five teams the Jazz could face. Realistically, I think it's down to a couple teams they're likely to face. I think it's probably going to be the team they play tonight, the Warriors. Or, or Memphis. Or the Memphis Grizzlies. Yep, those are the two I'd and Memphis two.
3: got Jackson back now. And I think he just went the last box score I looked at. He went for 20-10. and
0: You know, we were talking earlier, and I couldn't remember. I felt like that, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. There was another 8 that beat a 1, and it was Memphis. Mike Conley would have been in the middle of it. In 2011, Memphis took down San Antonio in 6. And San Antonio was the one seed. And they went to the finals the next two years, won at once, and (laughs) lost to the Heat when uh, Ray Allen hit that 3 off an offensive rebound. So the Spurs were in a really good spot, but the Grizzlies— Beat them as an eight seed, so so there is a third example out there. Yeah,
3: did they have injuries though? Or was I a... don't,
0: I don't remember that. You know, I don't remember that much about the series. Honestly, I couldn't even remember that it happened. I had this sense there's another one out there, and I couldn't recall it. So I looked it up in a break, uh, and sure enough, there it was. Well, so I don't know. Maybe up. you know Kawhi Leonard. You know Kawhi Leonard was a big part of them in, in what they did in 2012 and 13. Wouldn't 11 have been his rookie year though?
3: I don't know, but then, yeah. I mean, what does that have to do with now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's uh, Memphis is a good team. They're 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 a pretty good team, and they play the majority of the season without Jackson. So uh, he's back. So and Curry is on an unbelievable run. He's a fun player to watch, and uh, they. You talk about a team. I don't buy that. All these teams, these losing teams, can come out and be loose and free and all this. I, to an extent, I don't really buy that because I think guys are they're competitive and plus they're fighting for spots in the league. But I do think the Warriors in this situation, is the one example of a team that could be loose and free and easy. And because of the Curry, if, if Curry went out in the first round, say he plays another five years, if he went out in the first round the next five years, so what? I mean, it already would be a hall of famer who's won multiple titles and MVPs, or blah blah blah. Change so he's already accomplished far more than than expected. Uh, so the, he concerns me for sure, and really anybody who they get. I guess if it would be the Spurs, because if I'm fresh in my mind of the Spurs getting run off the floor last week, so but I don't see the Spurs doing winning it
0: too. Yeah, I don't see them winning two and getting it right.
3: I see one of two teams doing that and uh, go from there, and the Jazz are going to have to be on their game, which to me, uh, I'm fine with that, man. Heighten the focus right off the bat and make sure you're ready to go immediately rather than taking your time and easing into it. This season, the Playoffs aren't regular season games. You don't really ease into anything. you got to be ready to go right from the moment and uh, be fired up and do what you do and have laser focus and all that stuff. And so good. If it means a tougher first-round opponent, so be it. If you're good enough, you'll win.
0: All right, coming up, we're going to talk with uh, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He's going to join us next. Tim Roy, play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors at 930. But Steve Cleveland coming up next. The transfer – well, basically we'll talk NBA playoffs and jazz and all that with him. But uh, the transfer portal keeps – Keeps worrying, PK. Were you surprised that Pella Larson went to Arizona? We can talk to Steve about that a little bit.
3: Um, yes, but I hate to say a phrase that I don't like, but yes and no.
0: Ah, why no?
3: Because really, what surprises you?
0: <laughs> well, I did think you you were talking, because the Gonzaga assistant, right, goes to Arizona, and Lloyd, wasn't he yeah. the— Yeah, and he's the guy who's a link to foreign guys, mm-hmm. so— if somehow they have some link and maybe he went out and just tried to create it and create a relationship quickly and get him there in a couple of days. But I also, and I don't know the backstory at all, um, but it wouldn't shock me if there was some link and that helped get him. And he already had something in place, some relationship that helped get him. So I guess from that regard, because you had just been talking up last week that he had the, you know, he had the good links internationally. I thought, well, oh, big that... time, yeah. yeah. And maybe wonder... that's it. I don't know. And maybe I wondered that... if that paid off.
3: Uh, maybe it did, but it looks like if Craig Smith gets this team to the tournament next season, then build a statue and give him a lifetime contract. <laughs> uh, because I mean, they've got just about everybody's left, and Jones supposed to go to Utah <clears throat> State, and uh, the everyone's uh, Carlson is retaining, and I'm sure there's other guys that. Uh, I'm not thinking of right
0: now. Yeah, but I think it's five guys, including the, the two leading scorers. The guy, yeah. until he was hurt, was the, the starting point guard. The a, guts of the team a is A freshman gone. who looked like he had, you know, major upside, which, of course, is why Arizona would want him, because I think he has major upside. Um, and there's somebody else I'm forgetting right now. I shouldn't be doing Martinez that. Martinez right? you're talking about? Yeah, C.A. Martinez. There's another freshman with upside, right? Yeah. Yeah. Martinez and Larson, two young guys who have upside. Uh, for Sure. Ryan Jones played a couple of years and was a starting point guard, and then and then the other two guys were the leading scorers in Allen and Plummer. So that's that's a lot of it's not gutted as thoroughly as Larry Kristoviak's first team was, but it's pretty pretty well gutted, you know. But it's also the way things work now. It's just with the transfer portal, and you know, they players are coming for relationships with coaches, and if coaches change, this is going to happen.
3: Oh yeah, right. So that's what I'm saying. That's why. It surprises me, but yet it doesn't surprise me because this is this is the new world. In college basketball has just been turned upside down. I mean, it's a, a football we see it. But not to the extent. The percentages are just incredible. Guy, rosters, you're getting eight, nine guys are coming in that weren't on the team last year and probably only going to be there for a season the following year. So you're once you're going down that road, you're going to do it again. Yeah. It used to just be while well, they went to the league. Now, no, now they're all over the place.
0: If you win, people will come. But I think for a lot of teams, because everybody can't go to the tournament, every team can't exceed expectations, winning is defined as exceeding the expectations. Exceeding the expectations is what excites the fan base. You know, and in the Big West and the Big Sky and the whack, you're trying to get to the tournament. You know, but in other places, you're trying to get to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four. So if you exceed your expectations, you fill the place. But as an in industry... Everyone obviously can't do that, and to have no tie to these guys and not know who they are, uh, I think that's really bad when you're trying to attract fans and get them to spend their time, and they don't they don't know who these guys are. They're more sequestered than ever. You know, the idea of young beat writer PK writing profile pieces and kind of getting people to help know these guys' backstories so that they know them and they root for them. I mean, that's not happening on a Zoom call. You're not getting that level of depth. So it, it just seems like everything's kind of Trending in the wrong direction for college basketball. Maybe I'm too negative about it, but that's what it feels like right now to me. Okay. All right. When we come back, Steve Cleveland, basketball insider, will run this by him next. Stay with us.
1: Now,
11: let's get this party started.
1: This is Hans Olson and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
8: The great Craig Bullerjack. The big question is how do you reintroduce Conley, who I think has been through this before, but Donovan hasn't. Donovan's never missed this much time, so hopefully he and Quinn have had conversations about being brought back in and trying not to overdo it and just fit back in and do his thing. So that's probably the next challenge ahead for the Jazz, is that you think, okay, great, you've had a lot of depth. You get out on the floor. Trent Force has wowed the crowd a bit. You know, Clarkson Boat you got to give credit to Joe, just kind of running the show at the point. And now, and as you close in, hopefully, we get another update on Donovan and Mike as well. And we'll get a better feel for where they are as they try to maybe play the final two games of the regular season, if not before. We'll see.
1: Hanson Scotting. weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJPK in the Morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, right away, Jazz Nation, they hate to do this. Makes them feel dirty. Makes them throw up in their mouth a little bit. But they did it. They rooted for your Lakers to beat the Suns, and your Lakers came through. And now the Jazz have a two-game lead. I assume you are now 100% confident that the Jazz will be the one seed in the playoffs, thanks to the purple and gold.
13: Hey, listen, man. I celebrate the Jazz from my heart as well, and I'm uh, amazing. Fifty games, and obviously, I don't know Donovan Mitchell has been out seven, eight games or so, but they've just never missed a step. So, congratulations to them. I can't see them not being the number one seed, and um, they just had a terrific year.
3: So, when you were coaching, and it came time for a conference tournament. How much did you worry about, oh, we got to play this team or that team, as opposed to just worrying about yourself? Because we talk to Jazz fans every day, and they're you know concerned about, oh, we don't want the Lakers in our bracket. We don't want the Clippers in our bracket. Well, you got to play somebody at some point anyway. So
13: what's the level of concern there? You know, I don't think that you sit there and, and, and really give a lot of thought to it because you're just trying to get your team ready to play the best basketball they can play, no matter who you play. But yeah, I I think it would be. We wouldn't be honest to say, hey, you know, if uh, back in the day we, you know, we had a chance to play uh, Wyoming instead of you know Utah or San Diego State or whatever. I mean, you do think about those things. You think about matchups, but you don't spend a lot of time on it until you find out who your opponent is. And I think that with Utah, uh, they played everybody, you know, two or three times, and they have a pretty good sense and a feel of who they are. I think they're more, a lot more interested in. Making sure they're healthy, and I think the playoffs are also times where you you tweak some things not that you're gonna change your offense or do things, but it's it is a good time to put in new out of bounds plays, new quick hitters, new specials, things that they have not even used. that's what you do to prepare and get your guys ready and uh and down the road i mean I, I, you go from one round to the next you're you're making changes you're you're tweaking little things that might give you an advantage of bucket after uh uh, you know, a free, or you know, after a foul situation, sideline, out of bounds play, or whatever it might be, uh, you, those are the things as a coaching staff. You're always thinking about what we can do to, to to be a little more effective. The Jazz are so unselfish and move the ball better than anybody in the league that they've got a they've got a group of guys that have such high IQs on the floor offensively that they seldom take bad shots. And uh, unless it's the shot clock runs down and that no one was open and they have to take a late one, and I think that's one of the really um, special things about this team is, is the chemistry and uh, the unselfishness, the movement of the ball, one more pass, another pass, and it's, it's what's uh, it's really, really uh, made this a special year because of what those things, and not to say they're not defending because they're doing that as well, but I, I've really been impressed what what's happened since Mitchell has been out. I mean, everybody has stepped up, and uh, no more than Viganovic, who the last three or four games has just been unbelievably uh, shooting the ball in a way that I've never seen him shoot it for. And so I think I think everything's rolling and it'll be you know probably be a little bit of an adjustment when Donovan Mitchell comes back. It won't take long and they'll just plug him in. He's another guy and obviously a guy that averages twenty six points per game. But this team has been really resilient with Mitchell being out.
0: So I think that when he comes back, when Conley comes back Everything pretty – everyone kind of slides back into their roles, and I don't have a lot of worries about that. I think the one thing, and and Joe and Mike have both talked about this, when they're on the floor together, Conley may go to the corner and be decoy guy a little more and let Joe initiate some pick and rolls, keeping him involved. Uh, so I, I think some of that could happen. But I look at the Lakers, and – I. It's got to be risky as a coach to change guys' roles at this point in the season, but I'm wondering if what they're seeing, you know, does Caruso just have to have a bigger role? And how are they going to sort out which big guys play when and which big guys do they want to play together? It doesn't look that clear to me. And maybe it's because I watch more of the Jazz than I watch of the Lakers, so it may just be my perspective. But it seems to me like there's some tempting stuff for the Lakers to do, and yet it may be too late. It may not be a good idea. What do you think?
13: I, I think, and, and part of me says it's too late. That you get, But that, that being said, there's a fan in me that says that they've played such ugly basketball for a while here, and uh, even, even with uh, getting AD back, and it, it, everything's just been so static. And uh, I, I think that they, they do certainly, and, and I think they have an idea what the combinations are going to be. I mean, getting LeBron on the floor mm-hmm. healthy, and AD, after a big night last night, getting some confidence back, it's still going to be a team people don't want to play. But I think they are strong. Sure. I mean, you've got Schroeder, who's still out for another 10 days, I don't know, 7, 8, 10 days uh, with protocol issues. And there's your point guard. You know, it's not like Caruso can't do it, because last year in the playoffs, Caruso had some really, really special moments. I mean, he played a huge role in that team. He's not, he's about 6'5". He's strong. He, he's got a pretty high IQ. He doesn't try to do too much. He knows where the ball needs to get. So I, I think having Caruso and getting him minutes is probably a good thing. Schroeder will be back. It gives him a little bit more depth. I think the positive for the Lakers is that there's probably going to be a feeling after last night's game and maybe even their play in the last day or two or three that uh, we, we can do this. Now, at the, the end of the day, they still have to do it. And the thing that scares me about the Lakers is I, I believe that they can. I think is a good defensive coach. I think they can get back to guarding and once they get LeBron on the floor, they're going to be much better defensively uh, because he, you know, he is going to be Even though he's been hurt, he's going to be rested. And he'll have the energy to defend and when he needs to. But I, I just think it, it's a, it's a team that there's still a lot of question marks about, but that being said, if I'm the jazz or the Suns, and one of those two teams is going to end up playing them. Um, yeah. You know, you'd, you'd rather start with maybe someone else because, this I do know. I mean, LeBron, if he's healthy and he can play, he, he is a leader on that floor. And uh, he has the capability of taking games over. And AD gets his I, – I thought Anthony Davis really, really struggled for a long time. And I, I saw the highlights of last night's game, and obviously he kind of went off. But if the two of them are clicking, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan about AD playing a lot on the perimeter. Uh, I just think the the Lakers are better. Like having Gasol in the game, uh, I know he's got his deficiencies. I actually like him in the game because he stretches teams defensively, can put AD down, and, and and you can now you can you can have AD pop out or play inside. Uh, I just think sometimes he tends to settle for jumpers. And I'm you that they, they were going in last night, but he settles for jumpers sometimes when he could be in banging and getting some fouls and getting to the free throw line. So. I like a combination. I mean, I, I, Gasol did not, not really play well at all during most of the season. But when he played against the Clippers, he, he gives you something. If he's knocking the three-ball down, that spacing that the Lakers don't have great spacing. They kind of stand and don't move without the ball. With Gasol, he can pick and pop. And uh, I just like AD having some minutes down low. I, I just think they're better. They're better when he can get down there and get get fouls and get free throws and then step out and, and uh, hit, hit the three ball and step out and hit that mid range jumper, which he loves at the elbow.
3: So you referenced Bogdanovich's tear, and obviously with the 48 points really exemplified it, but he's been doing it now for a number of games. He's really filled the void with Mitchell being out, and he talked about earlier in the season he wasn't hitting his shots, so he put the ball on the floor went to the basket. Now he's got both aspects working. And so I'm wondering, with Mitchell and Conley, when they do come back, if you're Quinn Snyder, what is your message to Bogdanovich to make sure he stays where he's at?
13: Well, I think, first of all, he doesn't need to change anything about his game. And they would, I mean, sometimes people, and I've been guilty of this, sometimes we tend to overcoach. You get in situations, it's postseason, it's a big weekend, and, you know, I mean, you, you can do that. And all of a sudden, the things that have been really working for you, because you add bodies to the team and you have a different lineup, uh, you, you do things a little bit differently. I, I just don't think they do anything differently. And McDonavich, and, and Mitchell is another creator. He's a guy that can find guys. McDonavich, you, you mentioned it. I mean, he has the ability to put the thing on the ball. He's playing with so much confidence. Um, I don't I don't think they have to rely on Donovan Mitchell like they may have thought they had to. So I don't think it has to be the mindset. He'll come back, it'll take him a little bit of time to get his legs under him and, and get back. But they I don't think they change anything about what they're doing. I mean Budanovich is playing with so much confidence. N- Nang is it how, how does he spell his name? Is it Niang? Yeah.
0: George Niang. Yeah, There's an I, S on the yeah. end of George It's silent.
13: Yeah. He he has I mean, he's another guy. <laughs> that uh, has really stepped up in, in Donovan Mitchell's absence. So the team has actually, I think, got, I mean, it may seem silly, but they've actually gotten better through, through the, the, the attrition of losing Conley at times and Donovan Mitchell. It's, what it's done is instilled confidence and uh, let guys know that, they say, hey, you know what, we want, certainly want those guys healthy and playing, but we can do this with or without them. I and mean, that's kind of the mindset that a Joe Ingles has. I mean, you watch him play. You know, and I, and I love him actually uh, at the top of the key with the ball because he's got size, he's just got a bright mind, he sees the floor. And, and I know that role might be for Con You know, you mentioned Connolly maybe going down in the corners, but even when Donovan Mitchell, I like it when Joe Engel has the ball in his hands. He makes good decisions, he can see over defenses, and, uh, and you can't get two or three steps off him because he, he's just shooting the ball well. So uh, I, I like those moments when, when Joe's up top. He, he makes things happen.
0: Steve Cleveland joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So the team that's getting overlooked as we talk, Jazz and Lakers, is the Clippers. And they've gone through a rough stretch here, losing, uh, what, 4 out of 6 or 5 out of 7, whatever it is. Uh, Kawhi Leonard out, then back in. Doesn't seem like a spark. Maybe they're struggling to reintegrate him and it'll be fine. Uh, Are we overlooking them? Should we be overlooking them? What do you think?
13: I, you know, I, I, I would, I mean, the, the fan base may be uh, upset and disappointed with what's happening. Uh, I think that they, need, they too, need to get healthy. I, 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 don't know what the word is on Ibaka, but Ibaka's on the floor. Serge Ibaka can can do things that this team needs, that they can stretch and open the floor because he has the ability to knock threes down. I just don't know about his whereabouts or if he's even coming back at all. But uh, they have been plagued by some injuries. I've watched them play a couple of times recently. And uh, you know, I, I think that Rondo was a good addition for him. I think he, you know, he brings something to the table that that experience and so forth. But but you're right. I I don't think their bench is great. And uh, Paul's been playing pretty well. Uh, but they need they need a healthy they need a healthy team. And they they've kind of suffered with injuries. So uh, I, I don't think that right now where they're at is where they want to be. But you, I would never. Uh, discount that team. I mean, I just think on any given night they're capable of doing things, but um, they just had a hard time finding an identity. You know, every, and when everything is initiated from the perimeter on the wings and so forth, you, you know, there's never really been a, any kind of inside presence established in that game. Rondo has helped with decision-making. Patrick Beverly is back, but I don't, I mean, I, I think Patrick Beverly does bring some really good things to that team in terms of energy and, and defending and so forth. But, he, but he's not he's not a great offensive player and he doesn't he, he's not, he doesn't have that mindset of a point guard like rondo plays and so i think that uh, uh you know they've struggled because of it and uh but i i still that's another team i wouldn't want to necessarily play just because you know what their their upside is and uh it's just the fact that both both paul i mean neither one of the, the you know the key players have played well together at the same time a lot of times and, and a lot of it has to do with injuries but uh, the Clippers are still capable, and uh, Utah and Phoenix are going to end up playing somebody pretty good at some point in time, and uh, I think probably, well, Utah's going to win the division, so they're not going to, I don't think that they would play, the Lakers, if they win their first game in that playing game, let's say that happens, they go in the play they're going to end up playing, they're going to end up being the seventh seed, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so they'll play Phoenix, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to be afraid of Phoenix, where they just beat them without LeBron, so... Uh, that's that's the difficult matchup for Phoenix, but at some point in time, I'm I am uh, hopeful that the Lakers can put it together and, and be competitive again and get it done. But I, I won't be surprised and I won't be that disappointed. I am uh, I, I just love that we've got new people and new teams, and the East is the same way. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that Philadelphia seems to be playing better and Brooklyn was with- you know, so many guys in and out of the lineup are obviously talented. I don't know that there's many people other than that live in Brooklyn are going to be pulling for them. <laughs> but uh, the, the top three in the East, uh, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, uh, are all teams that are better. And, I mean, if Brooklyn gets everybody back, they're obviously going to be amazing. But I like the way Philadelphia has been playing. I, even though Simmons isn't shooting the ball from the perimeter, uh, they're, they're going to be a tough out. Defensively, they're much better this year. And I think there's not nearly as much pressure on Milwaukee as there has been in the past, and they haven't handled that well. So I I think the East is going to be a little better than people think, and uh, it's going to be an exciting NBA playoffs.
3: So you already referenced Phoenix losing to the Lakers and all talking about how there's a very good possibility that they could play in the first round. How much do you buy – that messages are sent in the regular season because the Lakers, a watered down version of the Lakers, with Anthony Davis was at his best, beat the Suns. So my point being, should the Suns be all that in a nervous panic? Oh my gosh, we might have to play the Lakers in the first round. Do you buy that? There's a statement made in the first uh, in the regular season.
13: Not with Chris Paul leading that team. I don't think he's. That's not going to be allowed. That won't be those conversations. I mean, they'll have, obviously, respect. They know what they're up against. Um, I just think that a, a, a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD, that's more than that team can deal with inside and outside. And, I, and I, even though the Phoenix would have a you know, the home court advantage, um, I, I do believe that if LeBron comes back and he's any semblance of himself, that that's a series that L.A. certainly feels they can win and, and probably will win. Um, but... I don't think that's going to be Phoenix mindset. I mean, they they've had such a great year, and to have the kind of leadership that they have, not you know with with the coaching staff and especially with Chris Paul, um, I, I don't I don't think. I mean, my guess those thoughts can creep into your mind and you wonder, hey, last time we played him, but you know what? They'll be ready. They're not going to be surprised, and uh, they have a body of work. And, and a lot of the experts believe that Phoenix healthy and and. Uh, it, it, you know, Most of the guys are picking Phoenix to beat L.A. because L.A. has been so up and down. I understand that, but uh, there is something to be said about the Lakers, the history, and uh, despite the fact that they have had no chemistry on the floor and just literally ball movement was just static and um, guys taking quick shots and, and so forth, uh, Bogle, one thing that he did a good job of last year, is he really put a good defensive game plan together for every game they played. And I expect the same thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if the Lakers are healthy, I think they beat Phoenix. I mean, and it may, be, it may take seven games to do it because they don't have home court advantage. But I do not believe Phoenix doesn't believe they can't win. I mean, Chris Paul is just such a competitor and has had a huge influence on that team. Besides the fact that Booker is really special. and I mean, they, they're having a great year. And they have a lot of confidence, and you know I, I listen to a little bit of NBA serious radio and and uh, most of the experts there feel like Phoenix has the ability to, to to win that series, even if LeBron comes back. but I don't know i I, I just I gotta believe that the lake if LeBron's healthy, l a wins that series.
0: Steve, as always, we appreciate it when we talk to you again next week. It'll, well, it won't all be set, because we'll have the play-in series right in front of us, but the top six yep. will be set, and we'll know that. We'll talk to you then, and uh, have a good week. Hey, Bye. thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, the former BYU coach. Tim Roy, play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors, is coming up at 9.30. Jazz and the Warriors tonight, right here on 97.5. 1280 The Zone will have the B's tonight. It's Jazz and Warriors. We'll talk with Tim Roy at 9.30. Stay with us.
1: And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend.
4: Hey, really? Clarkson to the front court, Composo back. Clarkson underhand scoop, Boyan right side three. Oh my
3: goodness
11: gracious! Boyan, Bogdanovich, holy cow! You are something else tonight. Forty six points, eight three pointers. He's elevating. He's levitating. He's Absolutely fabulous.
0: David Locke on the call with the Chevy Strong play of the game. Bogey going for 48 Friday night. That is his career high, and that is the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450 and we'll hook you up with fabulous prizes. Dial into the big show. Bogey, blow your mind with that game, PK. Did you see 48 coming at any point? No. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, I know, me neither. Because we were talking about Joe Ingles, his, his mind would be blown if he did it. And like, well, I wonder if Bogies was blown. I mean, those are the kind of guys, like, you know they can get you 25 or 30. And so anybody who does that with a three-point shot really feeling it, if they, once you've done a 25 or 30-point game, then it seems like 35's in play, right? But to go to 48, and maybe even 40's in play, but to go to 48, it's a huge number.
3: Yeah, I think 40 is in play with him, though. But I I wouldn't say jokes. I don't think he's going to shoot enough.
0: I wouldn't think so either, but I I think that the way he shoots the three, if he got it going one night and he hit ten of them, there'd be a couple layups and there'd be a few free throws. I mean, I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't think it's that outrageous once you've seen him do 25 or 30. And I get your point. He probably won't. You know, but Bogey probably wouldn't have done it if Conley and Mitchell were playing. He probably wouldn't have shot enough. So it might take some weird circumstances with guys missing games. But if you shoot the three that well, you can never say never.
3: Yes, I agree with that. But Bogdanovich, if I'm comparing the two, and I don't know. Yeah, no, Bogey's
0: more likely to. He's more of a score. I mean, Bogey had that game. Remember that game last year when he had 35 and he had no rebounds and no assists? And they were giving a hard time about 35 million. And the next game, I forget what he had, but he had like, I don't know, four or five rebounds or whatever. And he made a point of saying, I didn't have zero rebounds tonight because he took grief from the coaches in the film session and from his teammates on the bus or the plane or whatever. Mm, He was laughing, but there was still a point to be made. And Joe wouldn't have that kind of line. Joe's more likely to be scoreless with five assists and three boards and a steal. Oh
3: yeah, if he does have that kind of line, they're they're screwed <laughs> because he needs to he needs to have a fair amount of assists. He, that's just yeah. who he is. That's a a part of his uh, his brilliance, basically. Yeah. And so he need to, and he is is very very good. There's no doubt about it. But Bogdanovich. It's, it's just awesome to see because he's at the top of his game right now. And it's important. It's important for the Jazz. It just makes them that much tougher. And he probably doesn't need to be at the top of his game to the tune of 48. And he's probably not going to get that opportunity uh, when the other two dudes come back. But it's all about winning. Yep. Uh, but it's good to know that he has the utmost confidence. Because that's what I want everybody to have. Whatever skill level you have, that's your skill level. And you can get better because Joe's talked about that, how he's gotten better because of the uh, available opportunities there to practice and the individual coaching. But you're So you can get better, but your skill level is going to be your skill level. But in order to get the maximum out of your ability, you've got to have the skill level combined with the confidence. And I think the confidence – is just as important you have to believe in yourself and right now as you watch bogdanovich you have to believe that when he takes the floor tonight in uh, the Bay Area in San Francisco, he's got a ton of confidence. So if he misses a couple shots, it's no big deal. Whereas if your confidence is struggling and you miss a couple shots, it is a big deal. And you don't want to have it to be a big deal. You want to believe that no matter what, you're going to shoot the ball and it's going to go in. And Clarkson, who doesn't come anywhere near shooting, making half of his shots – For some bizarre reason, which I love, he thinks everything's going to go in. And it doesn't matter the degree of difficulty. And that's just
0: awesome. For some bizarre reason, which I love. (laughs) But it's true, Oh, it's 100% true. No, you're going to get zero tweets. You're going to get zero open mics thinking, I really think Jordan Clarkson lacks confidence. No, he doesn't. (laughs) He absolutely doesn't. The guy takes... uh, he takes so many shots. I mean, for the minutes he plays, he just comes in and just cranks it up and doesn't think twice about it. And yeah, he's got the green light. I gotta believe at times, even though he won't say it. At times, the coaches, and Quinn's got to tell him in timeouts, hey, guys are open, you got to move the ball. I think that third Quinn once earlier this year was talking about it in a zoom thing. he said, yeah, the third time he changes direction, maybe he needs to he needs to look at giving it up. I do think that if he gives it up, He's got to know he can get the ball back on this team. This team's got a bunch of willing passers. I think Gobert's become a better passer over the course of this season. I see him throwing not just more passes, but more like interesting, devastating passes. He missed some shot. Magic Gobert? No, not, not to that level. Dial it down. <laughs> dial, dial it down there, cowboy. But he got an offensive rebound. And before, he would have absolutely put it back up, but there were two guys around him, and there wasn't much room. And he spun, and he found Yang for a wide-open three. And three-pointers of offensive rebounds are almost a cliche. So many coaches, you know, drill that. But, hey, it's often there, and it was there, and he made the pass. And there's no way he would have made that pass two or three years ago, I don't think. I think that's something he's gotten a lot better at. All right. Yes, for sure. Yeah, DJ and PK. More of this coming up. We are closing in on the end of the regular season. Jazz have four games left. It ends Sunday in Sacramento. Uh, we got a time change on one Jazz game. We'll tell you about that coming up. And some of you will even find the reason acceptable. Uh, we'll get to that next. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at twelve eighty. The zone.
11: I feel great hope for the jazz. I think once everyone's healthy we're gonna be really really good. Like before. There are some stumbles, but as my mom would say, they their butts are in gear. They're they're doing well.
0: DJPK brought to you apart by Zero Res. When they clean the carpets and tile, it's not just clean, it's Zero Res clean. Just $33 per room cleaned. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res carpet cleaning. There's Jill with the open mic. Butts in gear, PK. That's the key. The butts Um, are in gear.
3: My butt is always in first gear.
0: (laughs) Ready to grind. (laughs) Never in 10th gear? Never flying around the velodrome? No, I'm never out of control, man. You don't want me in 10th
3: gear. For, for many people, they need to be in 10th gear. But 10th gear, really, for me, is just like second gear.
0: I'll have to do the math on that later. Okay. All right, we got questions today. Question of the day up. We got a couple of good ones up at uh, Facebook over the weekend. Does uh, anybody feel Dirty for rooting for the Lakers to beat the Suns. It was in the Jazz' best interest. Cleared the path to the one seed. All the Jazz have to do in the final week of the regular season, and we are down finally to the final week of the regular season, all they have to do is win three of their last four, and irregardless of what the Suns do, the Jazz will be the number one seed. If the Suns drop a game, the Jazz can go two and two. That was a that was a big L for the Suns, and I know they had the tougher schedule down the stretch. And this was a road game, and they their balance of road home. They they had a lot of road games down the stretch, but that was pretty disappointing. That was a shorthanded Laker team. No LeBron, no Dennis Schroeder, no Kyle Kuzma. AD goes for forty two, and the Lakers win pretty comfortably.
3: Yeah, I think that was part of it for the Suns' perspective. They weren't really competitive. It was a bad game. Aiton was just a total non-factor. They've they got to find a way to get him more incorporated. What, do only take three shots? And that, he's too good of a player to be that minimalized. Uh, and I realize uh, Cam Payne, but I would go by Cameron Payne rather than Campaign. Payne. Uh, he had a very good game. And Booker was a little slow there. But from the Suns' perspective, it's better to have Booker slow now. Uh, because I believe in the law of numbers uh, when it comes to proven commodities and shooting, and uh, Booker's had a couple of off games uh, better now than uh, in uh, a week and a half or so uh, when the playoffs start uh, to have him do that. So uh, I think that uh, that's, that was a surprise. But the Jazz, I think the number one seed, I've, I've changed my mind on that. I think it's vital at this point. So go get it. Uh, it really can be beneficial for you. So that was big in giving the Jazz uh, a potential stumbling block because I do think they beat, uh, who do they finish, uh, Oklahoma City and Sacramento? Yep. Uh, was it a Friday and Sunday? Yep. So they should be able to win those. Both those games are on the road, I get that, but they should be able to win that those games. Uh, tonight and uh, Wednesday, uh, I'm not so sure about. But I've sort of doubted these guys to an extent with the injuries and they have really found a form and that that's good to see so uh, go ahead and and take care of business you know you win these next two games then i don't think there's any doubt even if phoenix were to go undefeated that you get the the home court and that sets yourself up set yourself up nice and gear up and see where these two injured guys are and and hopefully the uh, thing comes back on Friday that says uh, ready to go <laughs> or, or been upgraded. Because now they sent out the injury report and I get it, and it's big uppercase out O U T capitalized, <laughs> and it just screams at you every time you see that. So I'd like at least see questionable. <laughs> Obviously, you want to see probable, uh, but. We'll have to see how that uh, plays out for the next week or so, because I wouldn't put it past the Jazz being able to win the first round without either of these guys. Now I don't want that to happen under any stretch. We'll worry about that next week. Uh, but the way they're playing, they're playing some good ball. Keep it going, because then, you know, if you roll into this uh, last four games. What's the winning streak now? Three or four games? No, the winning streak is now
0: five. If they win these last four, they'll have a nine-game winning streak for the third time this year. Not counting the eleven. I was going to say there'd be three niners and and an eleven. Yeah, Yeah, if they win out, which is I don't know if it's uh, certainly possible, whether it's probable or not. It's not remarkable. (laughs) It's almost expected. (laughs)
3: <laughs> to a degree, yeah. Uh, three it's going to be tough tonight and four.
0: Yeah, three of the four are on the road, and the Jazz have sure. been a much better team at home than on the road. Oh, they have they're, the best
3: record by like five games in a conference at home.
0: Yeah. it's uh, So I expect they're going to lose one. Um, okay. And it may be tonight. Maybe, uh, maybe so. But it, this is a weird time of year. You don't know how hard the other teams are going to go. Uh, I mean, Sac-
3: Portland's going to be good. I think both those two, the two games tonight and Wednesday, I think they're going hard.
0: Yes, it was the other two I was getting ready to reference. Uh, I, the thing about Sacramento, even though they have nothing to play for, they're not going to get into the play-in tournament. Uh, but that they've won six out of eight. And one of the two losses is when the Jazz humiliated them. And they bounced back from that with a four-game win streak. So, of all the things you can say about Sacramento, they are not mailing it in. They are not officially eliminated. Mathematically, they could make it, although it's really unlikely. Um, they got to catch two teams, so it's pretty Sure, unlikely. but
3: in my mind, that game means nothing.
0: And it could literally mean nothing because if the Jazz win the first three, then they've clinched. Or if they win two and Phoenix drops one.
3: right? In my mind, that game means nothing.
0: you think they're going to have it locked up before Sunday?
3: Right now, I do. Subject to change. (laughs) Sure. But right now, I do, yes. So in my mind, that game Sunday is a practice game. You play Joe and Rudy 15 to 20 minutes, let them break a sweat, and then you get – uh, what's his face? Doak. Get Doak out on the court. He hasn't been out on the court for a good long while and he's healthy now. Get him 20 minutes. Uh, that'd be, actually be great to, to see what he's got uh, too. So that's that's what I'm thinking as far as Sunday. Sunday is pretty much going to be a practice game. I could be wrong, obviously, but that's what I'm thinking. And that means even if those guys were to be hurt and not come back, man, if they, if they go in on, on a on a little bit of a streak here then the guys they have should have a high level of confidence which can only bode well i believe uh, for that have some success you know and it took them a little bit and they've divorced themselves from the stretch of playing 500 ball and really at that point all signs would be pointing up i don't see how you could argue and I get a jazz fan, it's, it's almost too good to be true. It's something you've been waiting for. In some cases, we I'm sure we have a percentage of listeners who literally have been jazz fans since the very day they moved. What was it, 79, 80, mm-hmm. somewhere around there? And so you've been waiting all this time, and it's hard to believe. What do you talk about? This could be our year. I didn't see it coming, but, hey, it's possible. It's not, it's not a reach. By any stretch. And I get it's hard to believe. And when it happens, you're just going to be dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are. I, I, it's, uh, the, the Red Sox, you know, the, the, they were dumbfounded when it happened, right? That they actually did it. And, uh, and the Florida Marlins had more titles than you for a while. I mean, come on. They're not even the Florida Marlins anymore. <laughs> 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 but yet it happened. It did happen. So who's to say? And I'm sure, you know, you'll feel that way if the Padres or Chargers ever do it. Like I've been I've been a fan my whole life. Literally, you've been a fan of those two ball cubs, ball clubs, virtually your whole life. I mean the Padres came after you were born a little bit, but still, you get the point. A long, long time. And like it's almost like it's too good to be true. I understand that completely. Because I was there it's almost like when the Devils win a Rose Bowl, it's like I hadn't suffered enough. So I don't know that I would appreciated it because they they weren't even in the league 10 years and they got a Rose Bowl, right? And the only one they got.
0: And now you've suffered enough and they <laughs> yeah. won't give you a second one when you'd really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would appreciate
0: it that much more. I think when you're a fan, it's... Um, I would have appreciated if the Air Coriel Chargers had won. I was in high school and college for that era, right? And I wanted it. I'll never want a championship at this age the way I wanted one at that age. Too much has happened in life. It's too clear how unimportant that is and how little impact I have it. And I'm just like a distant observer somewhere in the galaxy watching these these athletes do what they do. So, yes, I've suffered more, but it would have meant more then. Uh, I wonder if that's true Oh my gosh You should have met teenage me
3: (laughs) But I realize your fandom was more Intense But tell me about it though DJ The Chargers win Who the hell are you thinking of?
0: Well, uh, now with him in LA, I would have many mixed feelings, but I would think, okay. Forget I would the Chargers, of, then I would they think go of my Padres. dad. Well, yeah, because yeah. actually, and to my dad, I mean, he loved football. I don't want to downgrade football, but baseball was his thing. That's what okay. he played in high school, and it's not right. that he didn't love football because he. But baseball was his thing. If the Padres were to win the World Series now. Hundred percent, I would think of him.
3: I've told it's, you, so that would I've mean more than you were a teenager. That, because when you're a teenager,
0: you're not thinking about your father passing. No, but I would have celebrated with him. I mean, we—that's why it would mean more. We had, in retrospect, such an odd relationship. <laughs> you know, it's called it father-son. I guess so, probably. You know, <laughs> we had over here. We had all this conflict, and no matter how much conflict there was, if there was a big game. We were in lockstep. I've told you the story about calling him on his birthday. I'm an adult. And mom's passed away, which brought us closer together because we both felt that agony. And I called him on his birthday and we talked on the phone. I was in. This is when you could. This is when the phone was attached to the wall and you went into another room. So you FaceTimed him? It was in the before times, kids. No, I did not FaceTime him. <laughs> and, and I go back in the back room. I talk to him for an hour. My wife says, yeah, it's dad. I'm on the phone. Yeah, it's his birthday. Fine. Tell him I say hi. Right? And so we talked for that. She comes out, and she asks me, did he get our gift? I don't know. I didn't ask. Did he uh, go over to your uh, cousins? Uh, I, I don't know. Well, did they come over to? I, I don't know. What did you guys talk about? And 20 minutes on the Padres, 20 on the Chargers, and 20 on the Aztecs. And we hung up the phone so happy. It was was perfect for us. Kind of failed everybody else's expectations. But you're right. If the Padres wanted now, my mind would go straight to him. And there has been enough suffering and agony. And that doesn't mean more. I'm telling you that. You don't even know it. That will mean more. Probably don't. I can't believe they're going to pull it off even now. And so I I got some guess, exactly. And and the thing is that I, whereas other years you've told me they were going to be good and I just totally slapped it down, this time... I'm on board. They should be good. I'm stunned. They're only a couple games under 500. It's also a really long season, so there's no sense getting all worked up. You know, there are flashes of what everybody's talking about. Uh, but baseball is also weirder than the NBA in that, you know, teams catch fire. The, Flo- the late, great Florida Marlins, who are no longer the Florida Marlins, it wasn't that those teams were, you know, 105-win teams, but they played well when it mattered. You know, they had a good month in the right month.
3: For the record, they're not a couple of games under 500. Over, over. Well, you said under.
0: Oh, I meant over. uh, Yeah, I thought they were 18 and 16.
3: They're 19.
0: 19 and 16. I didn't credit for the win yesterday. My bad. Uh, All right, we got an open mic in. Dwight, I get your point, though. The Jazz fans, there are Jazz lifers. There are, you know, the the people who are 15 or 20 – 15 or 20, when the Jazz went to the NBA Finals in 97 and 98, 23 years later, what are you, you're 38, you're 43, you got All your right, own it, kids, me. you're telling them. Yeah, right? And so it's hard to believe. And this is a year that I think the optimistic people had him second or third in the West. Those were the optimists. And now number one's right there. Let's go to the open mic. Who do we have, Yock
6: Got Dwight here. He's a long-time
0: Dwight. listener. Dwight?
9: I have been a jazz fan since day one. I was a wee lad when Pistol
0: Pete was my idol. I had a poster of him on my wall. Even though he was old when they moved to Utah, I still fell for the jazz day one, baby.
3: Yeah, so uh, it's got to be almost impossible to imagine because how long we've been going now, we're, we're approaching...
0: Forty-five years. Do the math. I suck at math. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't do math on the air. I think it's forty-three, but I'll have to do okay. the math for you. But that's, it was it was the fall of '79.
3: Fall so, of '79. Okay, yeah. that's a, that's a long, long time. And so, if you're in your fifties, uh, early, even sixties, seventies, whatever you are, and you're a you're a fan from day one, to think that it could happen this year, uh, if and when it happens, it it is. It is almost going to be an unbelievable experience. It really would be, and I think that, and I get it for you, your fandom has subsided because you're mm-hmm. anybody who's in the business, it happens. Your, your fandom subsides, but still, you hearken back to your childhood, yep and I think you would be caught up in the moment and you would be giddy. Understandably so. Uh, you should be. At that at that point, if you can't be giddy if a team wins a title, when the heck can you be giddy? And so it would mean something. You'd think of your father and all the the countless discussions. Yeah, of uh, players. The, yeah, this Mike Ivey can't throw the ball back to the, from the catcher. And uh, how about Santiago? He can throw you out That's from the ball. That's so funny from, you from said that. Knee. That's what
0: I was thinking. Yeah. Dad's you know like, I, mean? I love that arm, but could he just stand up? I mean, the arm is amazing, but could he just stand up?
3: <laughs> right. And yesterday was Tony Gwynn's 60th birthday, oh, I, saw I think, that on if Twitter. he had been alive. And Tony yeah. Gwynn, I mean, oh. come on. And hey, who doesn't like Tony Gwynn? I mean, like, Tony Gwynn has like zero enemies. Everybody loved Tony
0: Gwynn for yeah. what
3: he stood for, and he stayed with the franchise, and he's literally Mr. Padre, the statue out there. and
0: All interview and- team on top of everything yeah. else. What a-
3: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everything yeah. he stood for. Yep. yep. He, st- he stood for all that was good. And, and it's baseball, right? <laughs> and, and so I, I would love to be here. I wanna, I wouldn't mean much to me, but to see my neighbors and, and just the uh, community at large. On a,
0: on a hot summer night to win the title, people would be spilling out hugging each other on the streets. Even if Fauci said not to? Absolutely. I think that would go out the window. I mean, a few hardcores would mask up, but I think a lot of people would be, bleep it, they won the title. And there'd be some people that would be like, yeah, we're outdoors, way safer than indoors. <laughs> well, we saw that last summer under certain circumstances, yeah. large gatherings were just
3: fine, depending on which side of history yeah. you're on. So Did you, we,
0: we haven't uh, talked I'd about see that going forward. But we, go ahead. We haven't seen. We have talked about the golf yesterday and Rory McIlroy winning. But I thought the galleries are getting a little bigger on tour, and Good. maybe it was just the angle. But again, there you know they're outdoors and the wind's blowing a little bit, so that clearly makes it safer. Um, so, and, and Rory, one more win for the Hall of Fame. That's the number that's been beaten into my head by Bob Casper every time he comes on. 20 wins and you're into the Hall. That was 19 for him. so
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's inevitable. It Let's is. See what he He'll can get do. another one. Uh, ne- next week's a major uh, PGA, right?
0: Yeah, we got, uh well, de- yes, because now it's Monday. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got one more tournament and then the PGA Championship. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, the end of next week is what, yeah. So, so that'll be
0: uh, the start. That'll be the first weekend of the... NBA playoffs, right? Good. Yeah.
3: Uh, the the Jazz the will have a
0: game one while yeah. on the same weekend as the PGA Championship.
3: Good. There's there's room on my calendar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, don't give the Jazz the one thirty Sunday tip time. <laughs> you watching the PGA? Then they won't. I don't even think they get. I understand what you're saying. Unless but, they uh, play the Lakers. <laughs> if the Lakers yeah. are eight, then. <laughs> They won't give it to the Jazz, but they'll definitely give it to the Lakers.
3: And and I understand the idea of being cautious because it is literally almost too good to be true. So you don't want to set yourself up. I appreciate that. But you're still in. You're still in. And let's see what happens because I really believe they've got an excellent chance.
0: Take it one series at a time, PK. One series at a time.
3: Well, I mean, I look at everything from start to finish, but I can see this team being in the NBA Finals, and I would not be floored.
0: All right, DJ and PK, coming up next, we're talking with Tim Roy, play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors. Knew him a long time ago when he was in Sacramento, and I was in Sacramento, and he could tell us about championships up close and personal because he was with the Warriors when the Warriors were brutal, and he was also with the Warriors when the Warriors were unbeatable. We'll talk with Tim next as the Jazz play the Warriors tonight. Stay with us. DJ PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in Tim Roy, play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors. Tim, good morning. Hey, David. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Jazz and the Warriors playing tonight, and I'm curious. With the Warriors, it seems a little up and down, and maybe a little bit of that is riding Steph Curry's greatness, and he can't be an A plus plus every night. But uh, where are the Warriors right now, and and how good a performance do you expect them to give the Jazz tonight?
9: Well, they're playing they're playing well. Uh, they've been kind of uh, forced into tightening the rotation because of injuries, and and you know they're missing a bunch of bodies here. You know, they haven't had Clay Thompson for two years. But uh but they're but they are who they are. They're a five hundred team because they don't have the depth they used to have and because like you said, you know, if 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 Steph is not having a great night, it's gonna be hard for them to beat really good teams. Um however the, you know, you can look at it, you know, glass half full and say, Well, they've given away a bunch of games, which they have. Uh but is that you know, is that part of being a five hundred team or is or are they a team that that is better than their record. You can kind of argue with both ways, but the, you know the bottom line is your record is who you are. They're a 500 team, but because they have Draymond Green, because they have Stephen Curry, they're a dangerous team. And so uh, on any particular evening, they can they can play really really well and give people problems. But but to me the the rebounding issue against Utah and the fact that um, you know the Warriors don't have the type of wings they used to have uh, is a real problem.
3: So this season, obviously, gutted with injuries. And even within the season, we know Clay Thompson, but uh, I thought Wiseman is a player, and he's out. We'll see when he comes back. Pashall's Hall's out tonight. Uh, but my thought for you is which of the younger guys, whether it's Poole or Mulder, or whoever it might be, that they've been able to develop and get experience that should actually benefit them next year when they're expected to be a lot better.
9: Yeah, you know, I, I think um, I, I think Poole is a guy that has some potential. Um, you know, the game has to slow down for him a little bit, but he can score. And he's he's got more of a, of a, of a game than you think he has when you look at him, if you only see him a couple of times a year. Uh, he's got a really nice in-between game now that he's starting to develop, and I think that's going to serve him well. Uh, but again, he's and and that's why I keep uh, saying, guys, that, that this is important for the Warriors to get to a play and to try to get to a playoff series, because you know that's a that's a, an experience for Wiggins, it's an experience for Pool, and it's, it's an experience for their younger guys that haven't been in this situation before. And plus, I think you always learn in a playoff series, you know, the guys you can really trust and the guys you can't. And so I, I think it's a really important stretch for Golden State.
0: So as a, you look at the uh, the playoff race, Jazz fans may or may not be rooting for teams to try and line up the easiest path. The Warriors have three titles. And I get that group is gone, but when you're looking like you're kind of on line for the eighth seed, give or take a little bit, does anyone get wound up about that stuff?
9: Well, um, you know... <sighs> they do and they don't I think I think there is there is a little bit of a title hangover here you know where uh, I think people you know demand the best but I think what's happened this year uh, guys is that with Steph playing so well I think people have gotten caught up in that I mean he's really having a fabulous season and if it's not his best season then it's right there with with one of his best seasons and and um, I think they've got, kind of got caught up in that. Plus, I think they're also, you know, facing reality. I think last year was a real culture shock for them because, especially for our young fans who who weren't there during the the dark days, if you will, uh, the early two thousands. And uh, so, I, I think I think last year they kind of got the cold water in the face moment. And I think this year they're back to reality. Okay, how can they build to try to maximize the last few years of this? nucleus and and so so i think i think they're beyond that i think they would be excited if they got into a playoff series and i think you know depending on how it you know shapes up you know if they could get to eight and stay at eight and then you're you're playing is either you know damian lillard a bay area kid or it's going against the the los angeles lakers i think that would be nice nice little high drama there
3: is Wiseman a keeper for the future
9: I think so. I think well, you know he's the uh, the problem with a uh, to um, really seriously analyze Wiseman is that you have to constantly pump the brakes. Not only is he was he nineteen when they you know coming into the league. But he's also a really young 19. And by that I mean he hasn't never really been seriously coached. I mean high school and nothing against his high school coach. Nothing against Penny Hardaway. He worked with him a little bit, but but you know he hasn't gone through a year where he's being corrected and he's being challenged and he's being you know you know he's played three college games, have a handful of practices, and you know played AAU ball and high school ball. So that's the kind of player you got and really raw. But he has talent. He has length. He's one of the quickest big men I've ever seen. He can really get up and down the floor, and and so to me, you know, it's like when you're raising your kids. You know, they don't know what they don't know, and so you have to make sure that they're aware of that. And so I I think, you know, if if you guys have me back on, if you're nice enough to invite me back on next year at this time, I think that's the that's the time we'll be able to say okay here's what they have, this this guy's going to be a player. I can tell you this, I know I'm talking to former uh, Jazz big man Jaron Collins, who's been a coach of the Warriors for the last few years, he thinks he's going to be really good for a long time. And so, and Jaron's seen a lot of great big man plays, you know.
0: So I'm curious, given the the experience you've had calling Warrior games, and it's, uh, are you at 25 years now?
9: This is my 26th. Yeah, we the Warriors in 32nd okay. in the league.
0: Okay. So, I'm curious there's been a lot said about hey, the Jed, the TNT guys have been big on this. Uh, you know, they were out in the first round. You can't go from being out in the first round to winning it all. And largely in NBA history, that's true. And yet the Warriors are a team that had very little playoff experience when they won their first title. And they didn't have Durant at that point. He was there for the second and third ones in this, in this uh, last decade. So I'm curious what you think of the Jazz possibilities of going from out in the first round without Bogdanovich in a bubble, you know, all the qualifiers, to can right. they get to a conference final, an NBA final, or a championship? What are you thinking?
9: I think it's 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 very possible in 2014 the Warriors were out in the first round they lost to the LA Clippers, 2015 they're raising the Larry O'Brien Trophy in Cleveland, so yes it can happen and I think personally I think for the Jazz you know the the karma and the cards are falling into place here because the you know the Lakers have been banged up can they flip a switch I think the Lakers are going to miss Rondo in the playoffs I really do. And I think that it's a lot different even in front of a couple of thousand fans than it is in a controlled environment like last year was. And so, you know, the Lakers shot really well in the playoffs last year, really well, and then some guys above average. And so I think that's, to me, I, I think the door is wide open for Utah to take this this year. And when I'm looking at their numbers and looking at their personnel, it reminds me of a Warriors team, you know, a three-heavy team that – has uh, multiple uh, wings who can guard different positions, and you know you've got uh, very good rim protection like the Warriors have when they had Bogut and Azili and people like that. So yeah, I think I think the door is open. I think it's wide open, and I don't. There's not a team in the East I think that I would be totally terrified of. Uh, the only team that I think is really going to be a, a hard team to deal with if they're healthy is Brooklyn, and the only reason there is they don't play much defense, but they've got three guys that with a shot clock winding down they can throw the ball to and they can get a shot any they want. So that to me would be a, a real problem, but I think the door is open for Utah.
3: So you really see some similarities between those great Warrior teams and what the Jazz are doing this year with the offensive production, I guess.
9: Yeah, you know they don't have a Curry or you know they don't have a, a, a Clay Thompson, if you will, but they have a lot of guys that that can get can score, and they have a good they have a uh, they have good guys coming off the bench, you know the Warrior depth was always a big deal, you know when you have you know pros like you know Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, in this case Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, yeah I do see some similarities. They've got you know the the rim protection, uh, and and again they're they're well coached. And they've got guys who can guard multiple positions. And I think if you you know if you can get that going and and find that way, uh, then then I think the, I think they can they can do it. You know, the only you know the only issue for them I think would be if teams can can you know slow them down and grind it out. You know, just make it a real you know tough you know gritty you know uh, battling series. That that would be. That would be, I think, an issue for them. But I, I do see some similarities for them, and, and the numbers are, are there. But again, I think the only thing that that to me would separate them from a Warrior squad, you know, is the fact that the Warriors had Curry, and, and that's always, you know, that was always the next factor. You know, when things were going badly, Curry could just raise you up for a, a quarter, a game, a week, and 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 that was the difference maker for them in, in winning in 2015.
0: Tim Roy joining us, longtime radio play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, so I know a lot of the country is uh, licking their lips at the thought of ooh the number seven Lakers and the number eight Warriors. There are plenty of Jazz fans who are worried about facing the the Lakers early. Uh, but is that maybe the best time to catch them before they get any rhythm? As they're trying to put all these guys back together, and and do you want to see that seven versus eight game?
9: Well, from a broadcasting point of view, you go, oh, that's that's great. That would be great drama, you know, it'd be be awesome. I think that would be a lot of fun. And it, let's face it, it's Northern California, Southern California. You don't have to say much more than that. You know, the Bay Area does not like LA, and and I think the feeling's similar. But but um, so yeah, there's all of that there. That would be great fun. Now you you lose that game, and all of a sudden, now your back's up against the wall. It's different. But that's what the play-in is designed to do. So I think that that possibility is great. The Warriors final game of the regular season is against Memphis, and that could be a real epic you know finale, you know a battle maybe for eight or nine and so uh i am I'm, I'm looking forward to this week. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun but but yeah and i would i would I would love to if if I were a team like Phoenix or Utah, I would love to catch the Lakers early before they kind of get their collective breath underneath them and before you know, Anthony Davis gets into a kind of the groove that he can get into and, and LeBron's back and moving well and everything else. Yeah. I would love to try to get them early and get them out of the way, uh, as opposed to seeing them maybe two or three series down the road.
3: What is the attendance like for tonight? What's allowed? You
9: know, um, it's been going up in increments. We had, uh, 4,100, uh, on Saturday night. So I'm expecting a little bit above that. Um, you know we've uh there's a great uh testing program that the warriors have set up for fans so those who have not been vaccinated can get tested and uh it's worked out really well and it's just great having fans back you know i mean it's it's uh even even with just 4000 it's a different atmosphere you know there's more of a jump in the building and and everything else and i just you know i just can't wait to you know, announced in front of a packed house again. And that's unfortunately going to have to be, hopefully, for next year. But, uh, you know, hopefully the, the worst is behind us.
0: So these uh, 4,000 or so fans, are these uh, the people paying 50 bucks, sitting 10 stories in the air, or are these in the million-dollar bunker suites?
9: It's 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 scattered throughout the entire building. So um, we have some that are downstairs, some that are upstairs. So there's various, you know, pricing and and. You know, and I think you can um you know, if you looked if you took a snapshot from the top of the building down, what you would see is people, you know, all arranged all throughout the building. And and so uh so they're really trying to do a, a good job of keeping people, you know, separated but also, you know, getting the people, you know, who want can get the up close experience and, and for those who want to you know be up topic and be up top so um you know so far so far it's worked out really well it's really weird because the Warriors were ready ready to do this last year and and uh because of the major owner of the Warriors Joe Lacob this is what he got started in he founded vaccine companies coming out of college and so he knows the whole drill and the Warriors have had plans in place to do this since like last spring a year ago so um it's interesting to watch it, you know, go into motion and 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 uh, to see it, you know, on a first-hand basis.
0: Well, Tim, we appreciate a few minutes, and we will definitely invite you on next year. So we'll get an update on Wiseman then.
9: Well, you know, you know, with uh, Bogdanovich's forty-eight, you know, the last time a Jazz player scored that many was Carl Malone. He had fifty-six on the Warriors back, and I called that game too. <laughs> I remember those days.
1: We remember <laughs> that
9: game. Malone Stocker would come yeah. in. And crush the Warriors. So,
0: all right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. Tim Roy, radio voice of the Golden State Warriors. A big believer in the Jazz, right there, PK. That was about as I think that's about as good as an endorsement as you're going to get.
3: Outside of what I say, of course.
0: <laughs> Obviously.
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, if he sees similarities, but at the same time, they don't have the Jazz. Don't have a Curry, and I get that. But how close can Mitchell come to Curry? And are some of the other guys, are they better than that Warriors thing? And he debunks the thing about, oh, you need to lose in the playoffs, uh, first round, second round, third round, and then you're finally ready to go. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. Uh, he debunks it too. I think that uh, if you're good enough, you can win right now. And let's see if they're good enough to win right now. One thing about this season, even though it's fewer games, in my mind, it seems to have dragged on even longer. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because by this time of year, we're in the playoffs. I was going to say, not in the playoffs.
6: Your body clock is what's going yeah, on there. But it there's seems a lot like to that. We've been
3: talking about. Let's get to the playoffs. We seem to have like been talking about it for at least four weeks now.
6: But we're normally what the first round's ending this time. Yeah, most Mother's
3: years. Day. Yeah. yeah, Mother's Day's yeah. playoff games. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, DJ and PK, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost
3: here. Don't go nowhere. Of course I rooted for the Lakers, and I don't feel dirty because we treated them like our dirty little brother that they are. They're not
0: that good this year, and we needed the Suns to lose, so we commissioned our little brother to go
4: get the dirty work done. I don't care who has to win in order for the Jazz to get the number one seed. Jazz have played hard this year. They need to be rewarded with that easy bracket to get them to the Western Conference Finals. so if they face the Suns, bring it on, please.
0: Our dirty little brother. That was funny. Who was that? It's Dwight, the regular. Dwight. Yeah. I recognize the voice, but I didn't have the name for you. Yeah. Thank you. Dwight. Good work, Dwight. Uh, you know, th- they aren't that good that year. That is an interesting take right there, PK. Uh, they were 28 and 13 after 41 games. That's a pretty good sample size. That's exactly half of the traditional 82 game season. 28 and 13. I, I can't have many complaints about that. Now I get it's gone it's gone wrong and they've had injuries and you know missed their two stars and that will mess up any team we just had Tim Roy on. and you know, they've been without Clay Thompson for two years now. Curry's been hurt on and off in that time span. He's largely played. So yeah, the Lakers have gone 10 and 17, and that's a problem, but I can't dismiss them. They aren't good this year. They've been good lately. But they were plenty good enough to start the year that they, they looked like they could be on track to repeating as NBA champs.
3: And I also don't think it's going to be an easy bracket if they are in uh, things that look favorable to them bracket-wise. I don't think it's literally going to be easy to have to advance through it. I believe it's going to be difficult because I believe the teams that, at least in the West, with the possible exception of the Spurs, the teams that are in whoever will be the eight teams – Uh, And we know six of them uh, that I think that all eight are going to be decent. And so I don't think any of it, it's going to be easy to even to get out of first round, to get out of the first round. Uh, You're going to have to play well.
0: Yes, I think that um, depending on what happens in that play in series, uh, and we talked about this earlier in the show, I think the Spurs are the one team I would look at and say that could be easy but let's see a show of hands who thinks the Spurs are going to win two games and get there. I don't, I don't think they are. And they're the only one that I would describe as easy. Memphis, the Jazz would be heavy favorites, but they present their challenges. Obviously, Curry can give you nightmares if it's the Warriors.
3: Yeah, I agree with all that.
0: I think probably the second team, and I don't think there's any way that they'll— I think it's very unlikely they'll drop date, although mathematically could happen. I think the Blazers— would be something, but I, I think the Blazers are going to hold on to the sixth spot. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to blow this. They have a tough schedule down the stretch, but I, I think they'll hold the Lakers off. They've got the tiebreaker and a one-game lead, so I think they'll be all right.
3: Either way, I think they're going to be hard to beat. I mean, they always, they don't ever seem to get swept. They seem to be tough to beat. They eventually lose, yeah, but they seem to be tough to beat. And are you going to, you know, you teased your big time change for reasons that the Jazz fans would love, and they never got to
0: it. Thank goodness you're here, PK, to keep me on the straight and narrow.
3: Don't tease something that you're not going to get to.
0: The Blazer game has been moved from 7 to 7.30. National TV. ESPN, baby. For whatever reason, that really bothered Jazz games, that that Friday game was only on local TV. I mean, they won, and you saw it, so. All right. I guess if you're a Jazz fan out of state and you don't have the NBA package, then that would tick you off a little bit. Maybe we're seeing some of those people on social media. But there you go. The exposure that BYU has gotten with football and the Jazz fans crave. Going to get it Wednesday. But the game gets pushed back from 7 to
3: 7.30. Yeah, I don't know how much you have to fight for that at the pro level. Right. Win and, and it takes care and of sport. itself. Uh, but if they want to flex that game, and fine. It, it doesn't matter to me. I was going to watch it either way.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, uh, more feedback coming in here. People uh, tweeting at us. Um, is Bojan the best role player in jazz history? And people, what about Clarkson? Joe Ingles is alive. You have forgot Adam Keefe. No one's forgotten Adam Keefe. We just don't think he's the best role player in jazz history. I was going to say, I love Adam Keefe. No one's forgotten
3: no. I don't love Adam Keith. <laughs>
0: I mean, right nothing now. against but, him, but, but I don't know that I love Adam. You Bader. haven't forgotten him either.
3: If I would have known him better, I probably would have grown to love him because I was in the locker room once when some TV person came in and inter- interrupted an interview that Adam was doing with a guy from the Provo Daily Herald. And Adam snapped at that person and
0: hey, said – we're talking oh, here.
3: Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> and then when it was over, he looked at me – And I said, uh, wow, that was pretty cool that you did that, because the Provo paper being one of the smaller papers that we have and a TV person thinking they're all that. And Adam looked at me and he said, bleep him.
4: (laughs) 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 And
11: And that's why PK has an affinity for Adam Keefe now. He's a
4: Stanford guy.
3: Yeah, but still, you know. Well, I appreciated that he was in the middle (laughs) of conversation with a person trying to do a job. And, Adam, there was, there was was they had something going on. I was just standing there listening. I wasn't butting in because they had something going on. And I appreciated Adam for doing that.
0: Huge the trailer says, I love it when PK goes out on a limb like you did just there. I think there's no question the Jazz clinch the Kings game, clinch before the Kings game on Sunday, unless they don't. I
3: could be wrong, but <laughs> I think the Sunday game won't matter. That's my big prediction, but predictions are what they are. I think that the Jazz will... And it's not just them winning three straight. You know, I'm not sure what Phoenix does.
0: Phoenix can you know, drop a game.
3: If I go by what they did last night, I don't like Phoenix's chances. So, yeah, I'm thinking that, that's, that's my hope. The Jazz uh, have to go to Sacramento for a practice game.
0: Well, if the Jazz win tonight and if Phoenix sees that window closing, I wonder if they start resting, guys.
3: Who, Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, and irrelevant comment there because uh, if you have an opportunity to rest Chris Paul, why not?
0: If you figure we're probably going to be the two, uh, uh, let's just rest Chris, you know, at this point. The, the path is – and, and the, they've got a narrow path to get there, and it gets much narrower if the Jazz win tonight.
3: Well, he'd be the only guy I'd be worried about resting.
0: All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hands and Scotty are coming up next. Stay with us.